Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes, we got sponsors. First up, Foo Wax. The best wax in the game. This stuff is so sticky and grippy, you'll never slip off your stick again. Ever. Ever. Again. So go to your local surf shop. And, and make sure they carry it. And if they don't, demand it. Demand it. You'll be stoked. Try it out. Our next sponsor, Bonsai Bowls. Oh. I know a lot of our listeners have, have had one of these. And if they haven't, they're going to now. They're missing out. They're missing out. It's a healthy, delicious, amazing, fresh acai bowl with tons of fruit and organic like ingredients. They've got five locations in Southern California. From Huntington to San Clemente and all in between. Two in Hawaii. Two in Hawaii for that, those on the North Shore. And, um, you know, come support these guys. They have amazing Asahi bowls, and they support the West Coast Board Riders and a lot of the surf events up and down the coast. And they've made it a lot easier With, to get them. They've got their own app now. That's right. Go to your app store and download Bonsai Bowl app, and you can pre-order, pre-pay, and just go pick up. Cut cut through the line. And for our listeners of the Late Night with Chalky podcast, you're going to get 15 off your next bowl. A 15% discount off yes. Bonsai Bowls. That's insane. Um, so make sure to mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast and you get 15% off That's at right. Bonsai Bowls. And one of our other favorite restaurants. Oh, Caliente, Caliente OC. Caliente Southwest.com. They offer healthy Mexican style food with local uh, organic ingredients. Family owned. Family owned. Their phone number is 949-515-0909. And our listeners get 15% off there as well. Yeah. So mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast and get 15% off at Caliente OC. And both these guys are great at catering events. So you could use them for a shop event, corporate event, birthday event, wedding, all of the above. They love to party. And last but not least, we are super stoked to welcome Olo Clip as a new sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. What is Oloclip? Uh, they make the original mobile lens system for your phone. So these can make clips that hold the lenses, the cases that are designed to make it really easy to get the clip on the phone. So check them out at oloclip.com. And for all the Late Night with Chalky podcast listeners, they get 10% off. That's, that's huge. Huge. So at checkout, the code is SURF10, that's S-U-R-F, the ten. number 10, and you get 10% off Oloclip. And you guys got to check check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting pictures with these wide, in, wide lens uh, angles, uh, fish eye, all kinds of cool like photo options with your phone. And for you uh, rich dudes out there, like late night, they do make cl- uh, <laughs> lenses for iPhone 11s. What? What? Epic. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. We got this week's guest, 
He's an awesome human being. He is an incredible surfer. He's a video producer. He rips in the water. Logan, Chucky, Julian. Oh, what an intro. <laughs> what a long, drowned out intro. Welcome, buddy. Thanks, brother. It's Thank been a long time since me. we hung out, dude. Yeah, this is a special occasion. Yeah. So yeah. stoked to see you. Yeah, it's an honor to be on the show. So we got a lot to talk about. You got a lot of things going on right now, but... um, Yeah, yeah. before we get to the big Snap movie, Yeah. Um, which I'm sure many surfers around the world have seen, yes. Snapped, right? Snapped. And this will be Snap what? This will be Snap 4. We did Snap 1 and 2. 2002 was Snap 1. 2003 was Snap 2. And then I came back to start Snap 3 in 2016. And we released it in 2017. Nice. So it's time for a new one. Yeah. And I'm sure all of us... So exciting. Yeah, we can't wait. Because there's not a lot of movies dropping these days. You know? And it's hard to... Not full on. But long long movies. Long form. I think it's like... The independent movie, I think, yeah. is what, what right now is lacking or fucking. There's yeah. just not many. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like a lot companies are still making like companies are still making movies. Yeah. And then it seems like individuals are making their own feature film on themselves, kind yeah. of with some special guests and cameos and stuff. But the whole. But just to hold on to good content for until you get enough to do a short film, or yeah, it's hard. Independent, kind yeah. of like having guys from a bunch of different teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, under one project, I think we're not seeing we don't see that a lot anymore. of that right now. Yeah. So I guess it's lucky timing for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. So let's go back in time. Uh, way back. Where did you grow <laughs> up and how did you get into surfing? Uh, let's see, I grew up in Newport. I was born at Hogue. And I think it like... Hotel Hogue? Hotel Hogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah sick. Not too, not too shabby. Not too shabby. What do you think of worst places to be born? Um, and I think at like... 13, 14, uh, parents got divorced, which sounds like, oh, bummer, but it wasn't. I ended up moving to the beach to River Jetties, and uh, that's when everything started. I I, uh, got in and started working at the Frog House pretty pretty close to when I moved over there, and from there, that's when everything started panning out and started kind of How old were you when you got into surfing? Uh, 14. Oh, wow. So late? Late bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. Why, Why is that, you think? Uh... I don't know, it's where, where I grew up in Newport, like I think guys were playing tennis, basketball, <laughs> stuff more to be totally honest. Because um, that's kind of different, right? Yeah, from, from, yeah, uh, yeah. For most people that we interview, yeah. a lot or, of them start in like, you know, when they're 10 or even younger. Yeah, it depends. not certain necessarily surfing at that age, but at least hitting the beach all the time. You know, other siblings or, or you know, parents and yeah. just boogie boarding usually yeah. and working your way up. But 14 years straight in the surfing. And nobody in my family, my dad, no, no one surfed. Like, yeah. It was completely foreign to my family. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the, the only funny thing is, is I went to school at Newport Elementary, which is like the only school. On the beach. Yeah. On the beach. So I remember. My like, wife teaches there now. Oh, does she? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rad. Yeah. And so I remember got watching. the worst like, office Mike, in, in the world. I remember like watching Mike Stewart. Guys like bodyboard, uh, like pointer schoolyards, you know, on certain swells during recess. Yeah, so, so I always wanted to surf, but it, it just wasn't in the cards yet until we moved to River Jetties. Huh. And then at that point, uh, what a difference a couple miles makes, huh? Yeah, well, that in circle of friends, you know, like you know. Okay, it's time to commit. Twenty twenty four is the year for prioritizing yourself. 
Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. So it's like who you hang out with, too, at that age is kind of your influence. Yeah, so, they, they can't hang out at the surf shop. Like, you're not going to hang out at the frog house and not learn to surf. <laughs> you, I mean, you're just going to get roasted. Yeah. Um, you know? I'm sure of it. Yeah, they roast. They, they, <laughs> roasting is an understatement. We love the frog house. Yeah. Did and it's you? even like Bobby Tane, you know? Like, he was, he love was one Bobby of the guys. Tane. Yeah, so it's like Bobby, his brother Danny, um, all, all those guys, you know, TK, Bejo. Like, if you were going to hang out at the frog house... You should definitely try to figure out learning how to surf. That and, and you better be quick lit. Yeah, you know, or you're going to school. You learn how to be quick witted. <laughs> and tolerance for gram abuse has to be high. So, but that that's what we talk about all the time on how awesome it was growing up inside of a surf shop because that's what we did. You know, you, yeah. you hung out there, you idolized the guys working there. You just see all the coolest new surf products and you're, you thought they were just legit yeah and right around the corner like three houses away is where richard wolcott lived mm. and full and volcom ruka ruka sorry volcom that frog house was volcom's first ever account ever wow you know so like that i think there was something extra special going on there at the time as far as like, yeah yeah you know only certain brands grow up blow up you know yeah. in certain places and to watch that kind of pan out in front of your eyes was pretty rad time yeah, yeah. they're kind of a brand builder because i think they they're the first for uh don't care too yeah yeah <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> Just, so at 14 you started surfing did you boogie board first or no, skateboard no, no. straight straight straight, straight into surfing and it's just I, definitely the worst kid out in the water uh, definitely the worst kid in the shop but uh <laughs> To me, like it didn't really matter. At least, like I had a board. At least I had a wetsuit, and yeah. I was. Do you remember what your first board was? Um, I mean, I think my first like custom board. I almost first board say, ever. First board ever. Can't really remember as far as the first board, but I know like Greg Giddings G Four Sports, and then at one point I had one Contra that was shaped by Richie Collins. Awesome. Uh, all all boards that were Richie put, Collins shaped it. Yeah, yeah. He had, him and Jeff Parker had a, a board company called Contra. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, I, I remember those were all the boards getting pushed through the shop at the time. And um, but for the most part, I rode Greg Giddings boards like for like a year or two, and then after that, I rode uh, DLCs, Greg De La Cruz. Yeah, and been riding those boards for like 26, 27 years Sick. ever since. You're still riding them. Yeah, nice. Probably same dimensions. I don't think I've grown. Since then. <laughs> I, I still go glass. I think, it's a, I think it's a good thing. I love glass ones too. You know who you know who Dave Bonaventura is. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he, he started Vistal back in the day. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. He used to live over at the River Jetties. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He Mark just, and Dave's. He just got yeah. a, a new DLC in 
don't know. He loves it. No, they're insane. Yeah. I mean, D- Deli was the go shaper for JC. So a lot of yeah. those boards, Dorian, Conan, Pete Mel, all those guys are riding. Like, Deli was really shaping them. Yeah, sir. Yeah. So, so you, you started up, Frog House was your, your surf shop. Yep, and, and then uh, through Frog House, I, I got to be a, a Vulcan ground, a flow ground. So you surfed pretty good then? No, I, I think I talked pretty good. I had a mouth <laughs> on me. I, I honestly could barely stand up. I remember uh, getting like so-called sponsored. And I remember at that point I was in junior high, and I remember there's a bunch of guys that surfed way better than me that were pretty bitter that I was getting free clothes huh. from, from Volcom or sponsored, whatever well, you want to call it, you know? Yeah. And uh, How did it happen? They, they probably weren't hustling in the shop I, like I you think, were, I though. I think that was the deal. Is yeah. I was a shop ground. Yeah. I think I had a mouth on me. Um, and then at the same time, too... They took a liking to you. I think they realized that, like, uh, I had a, like, was living down by the beach, and when they were going to have other groms come in to stay in town... Those groms were not going to stay with like Troy Eckert and the yeah. Vulcan guys. So those guys were partying at the time. You know, they're, they're the, the real deal. Yeah. So <laughs> it was like, hey, you're going to stay with Logan. Okay. You know? yeah. And then that's how I started meeting, you know, the Irons Brothers or Ozzy Wright. A lot of those guys my age is because when they were coming to town, yeah. they would just... So wait, you were like house. junior high, you said? Yeah. Wow. Junior high. And then when all the guys, a lot of guys started staying at my house, I think at that point it was getting close to like freshman year. Right, he was like right at River Jetties, right across the, you know. Yeah, like, right, right across the street. Uh, my dad's a single parent, uh, so he was never there. There's no parental guidance, and I had four sisters. So there's just a load of chicks. <laughs> Holy shit. Everyone right wanted to hang out at your house yeah, then. Yeah, there was no floor space. Like, eventually it wasn't just Vulcan guys staying there. It was like, every you know, Hawaiian, every, Jones yeah. and, and Jason Bogle and Dustin Barca and, you know, um, and they all, a lot of guys from Florida um, and then guys from Australia and. Wow, and and then that was kind of how it all came. It just became like a came in like a clubhouse. Yeah, you know. And even when I go to school at that point, let's say freshman year, fuck, when I leave the house, door would stay open. I could come home, and you know, some of the boys would just show up. Yeah, whether it's for a layover or whether it's for a few days, the place was just that's kind of been clubhouse. That's kind of rad, like yeah. to be able to get access or like you know. Yeah, I mean, be fr- you know, become friends with all these freaking, you know, yeah, but it was future, future legends sh- of our sport. It's kind of crazy. And it was super without even knowing it, right? Yes, exactly. Without even you're, they were just gr- surf groms, and you're, yeah. you know, like yeah. you didn't think of these superstars at the time. They were just yeah. like groms coming over and like hanging, and hey, we're gonna go to Lowers today. We're gonna go to Huntington, and but so, so, like, was when 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 you got approached and said, hey, you know, you're a funny kid or whatever, we want you to ride for Volcom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically, I think they had a blueprint, and it was basically I think they want to sponsor six kids from Ensign Junior High because I think they had that mentality. You know, Wolcott had that blueprint already with Quicksilver, and it worked. We're gonna go grab six kids huh. because they're planting the seed because they knew within two years all six of those kids would be freshmen in high school. Yep. So, so they they had it all strategized. You know. Wow. I mean? So. If this uh, is true, that's pretty genius. No, no, it was 100% because believe well, me, that's I could barely stand up. I mean, <laughs> some of the other guys like Punker Pat or, you know, Makai McKenna or yeah. some of these other guys, like, they could surf, yeah. you know? But they were all down at 54th Street. I was up at River Jetties and I was working in the Frog House. Yeah. So that's why I think I got the hall pass to be on the team. Yeah, you were valuable for, for and, your... other, and other reasons, you yeah. know? And then, too, with the pass... Which you'll take, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, too, you know? I mean, I think it probably... And all me. those dudes that were pissed at you, you'd, you'd have your Volcom sticker and you have your Volcom clothes and you'd be like, 
fuck off. <laughs> well, I think they wanted to come hang out at the clubhouse too eventually. I mean, oh, I'm sure. Just, with four yeah. sisters? There's just lo- loads of chicks. And yeah, I'm sure the Volcom Stone helped me get like a girlfriend or two. Yeah. You know? They but, threw a lot of awesome parties, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah and, then to witness, <laughs> and, then, and then to witness all that and to witness the movies and stuff, like, it was just a special time. Yeah. And, and you know, to have a front row seat to it, um, you know, it's all about timing, right? So being able to witness it was was a really cool experience. So how long did you like work at you know at the Frog House and like hang out there? I think within like so within like a year. So the, my first job at the Frog House actually was in the parking lot, which is the bottom of the totem pole, which is on the weekends you sit in the parking lot for from let's say eight in the morning till five in the evening. Make sure nobody <laughs> parks there. In a lawn chair and make sure nobody parks there to go to the beach. Are you serious? That's it, and that's and that's where like. How much did you get paid? You're gonna pay your dues. I think it was probably like a bar around, of wax and a sticker. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm thinking it was probably like ten bucks, twelve bucks an hour cash. You know? Wow. Yeah, it wasn't bad, and uh, that's amazing, and then, and actually. Then, I mean, dude, I would just skate up and down the little curb, you, you know, yeah. that whole time, and I, yeah, TK made you sweep the parking lot, which. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't think it needed to be sweet because Sam would be right back there like an hour later. Right. But it was for good measure. Yeah. And then, you know, your your grom abuse tolerance, fuck it, you know. Uh, that s- got dished out, so, you, you know. Or you, or, were you sitting there watching all the other shop guys inside doing surf rotations too? They're oh, running yeah. out like every half hour at the board. <laughs> I definitely didn't get a surf break. But the cool thing was is like as guys were coming to the shop, I was getting to meet everyone because <clears throat> yeah. I'm sitting in the parking lot. Yeah. So at the same time, like I'm kind of like networking and meeting guys yeah. without even trying, and I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah. So and for for me it was it was pretty rad to yeah. like uh, you know like some network. people yeah network like for me I think I feel like I said but I feel like kids when they got shit going on on the home front family just got divorced this and that they want to feel like they're a part of something so for me to feel a part of like the frog house family and stuff and then for me to feel like a part of Volcom yeah uh, was really cool and just the whole surfing thing it was a special time for me I know my brothers and sisters were definitely not having as much fun with the divorce as yeah as right I was. Like, I was loving it what what um you guys had a big family yeah six, what are you six are you in the in the range I'm the fourth of kid out fourth, of six fourth of the six yeah, four sisters <laughs> and then one brother so there's six of us total wow, wow. yeah so uh, it, it's a good ratio. It's a team girls. right there. So how long did you work at uh, Frog House? Yeah. So I started out in the parking lot, and within a year, I think at that point I was 15, and I was in the shop. I'd been promoted. <laughs> my dues. But at the same time, too, TK let me be the Frog House team manager at 15. Wow. And so I basically <laughs> started grabbing all my buddies from all the other surf, local surf shops, and I put them all in the Frog House. And we're, and we're, you know, we're on a good one as yeah. far as like, took all the kids from Surfside, took all, all the other shop grounds. And so Frog House was flying the flag it. hard, you know, so. Um, and then I think I stayed in the shop pretty much for like, maybe until I was a junior or something. So, I don't know, I'd say four years or something total. Yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah I bet those were, were, were funny times, man. Uh, it sounds like you guys... Living at the beach, working at a surf shop. Right there, across the street from his house oh, and the dude. beach. Yeah. You guys got in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as much as we should have, for sure. I think we got really lucky on, on that end. What is, what is that? Brazal has a tap that says, surf all day, party all night. That sounds like what you guys probably did. Yeah, especially with like being a Volkengram and that, that influence. It was yeah. Like, it, it wasn't like... Uh, 
it's a lot different than it was today. Yeah. Like right now, you see a lot of people being promoted to like you know go down this path of you know uh, nutrition, coaching, and stuff like yeah. that. I can assure you, <laughs> furthest complete thing opposite from what was going on there. Yeah, because yeah. the only thing we were we were getting learned out is like, okay, yeah, this is how you throw a rager. I yeah, mean, at my winter formal, you know, uh, the Volpen guys, like you know, Eckert and William, those guys, they got us a keg. Yeah, and our after party was at their place. So at Volcom, at Troy's house. Yeah, you know, oh at like Fifty Second Street. You know, don't worry, so, you got you guys covered. Yeah, but, the good uh, old days. Yeah, yeah, times <laughs> right? have changed, but for sure. And then like a live we ride and all those movie premieres and stuff. It was it was insane. Yeah, it was was, sick time. Really, really raw. Yeah, it's just not how it is right now. No, no. You know? But like, Wooly and and Troy. I mean, they were not only like working full-time but they were at every event they were everywhere oh like, yeah they were in the mix oh yeah. every you know would, every show every night event every like they were it was hands-on hands-on yeah. it was hands-on which they were living breathing you yeah. think establishment yeah for yeah. sure yeah i think to the point where eventually i think Willie's dad like sound down and was like hey we you guys either start making some business power moves they're like you know yeah. This, this, this isn't going to grow. It's not going to work. And yeah. I think that's when they put it in overdrive and really started like driving the, the, the business side of things. Yeah. But from a marketing standpoint, like those guys planted the seed and uh, they killed it. Yeah. So Absolutely you, killed it. Yeah, killed it ten, a few times. Um, did you like do a high school surf team or like any contests like, uh, when you grew up? Yeah, so I, it's funny. I told this story on the other podcast, but I did one MSSA. One. One. And, and I, had, uh, I had Bobby Martinez in my heat, and I had Peter Labrador, James Labrador's nephew. Yeah. They both rode for Billabong at the time. I sat out the back and just enjoyed the show. Uh, and then I came in, and I was like, dude, I, I'm definitely not going to You learned your pro, lesson? I'm not, definitely not going to be a pro surfer. I'm going to have to find another niche. Yeah. You know? And at that point, it seemed like being a TM was definitely more in my cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because I was taking care of the guys at my house when they come. Yeah. So I was like getting good at hosting. And by the time I had a driver's license, I was definitely doing more airport runs than anybody. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So you kind of just grew it, up, you got groomed into. I'm way I worked into it. And believe me, like the Wolven guys weren't like, oh yeah, no, don't worry about it. We'll pick them up from the airport. It was like, hey, pick these guys up from the airport. We'll give you an extra six items. Yeah. yeah. You know? And. And then from there, I started doing more airport runs. And you know, like, when guys would fly in, uh, they would have another friend or two with them. So, you know, I remember meeting Jason Magdalenas and other Vulcan riders as I was doing airport runs. And then slowly, it just kind of expanding. I was meeting more people. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that was so important, though, when you're a Grom and you don't can't, can't rent a car, is just getting those rides to oh, yeah. and from, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, was the, I was the Uber since <laughs> Before 1996. Uber. Yeah. Before Uber was around, you were uh, already I probably good. got more airport runs under my belt than anyone. That's Pretty one thing much. I can try to claim. I still do <laughs> to this day. But, you know, it's 96, so it's 24 years of it. So so after after Frog House, yeah. you were working for Volcom? Like, no, no, no. But they were kind of grooming me, I think, to, you know, to potentially maybe be an assistant for... Um, at that point, Troy had moved up to being a marketing director, and Mark Caffey was my team manager, and he was the coolest. Yeah. Uh, and he ripped. Yeah, he did. And um, and so at that point, that was kind of the path I was I was going without trying to, 
And um, after high school, I told my family, my dad, I was going to go up to City College in Santa Barbara, but I never went. I just moved up there to <laughs> have a certain point race. <laughs> I remember in wintertime, after like March. Hey, Jackie, where's that uh, transcript script for the, the first semester? Oh, I remember. I mean, here's even a good one. Like, I went and bought the most expensive books I could find. And I had the receipt, and I, and I like, turned them in. Like, here, Pops, I, you know, can you help me with these? He's like, yeah, no worries. And as soon as like, I, I got it, the receipt turned in, I went back and returned every single book. And, and the money. Me, and they gave me the cash, you know? And, uh, Hustler. And then when winter was over, like in March, I drove home. I, I did the drive of shame. I sat with Pops and I told him, hey, I got something important to tell you. And I think he, he was thinking like, oh, I got a DUI or I, I got arrested for selling weed or just something, you yeah. know? But instead I'm like, hey, I'm never, I was not going to college. I was learning how to surf point breaks <laughs> Santa Barbara. <laughs> you literally moved to Santa Barbara yeah. to learn how to surf point breaks. Yeah, well, because... And I mean, there's chicks up there. There is, you know, there's you probably had, You probably had a bunch of buddies going to school there's there. There's parties up yeah. there. I had a couple buddies that were moving up there. And I was like, hey, let's all pitch in and get this, this rad pad. And, you know. What a diabolical plot, though, bro. Yeah, Did you score that winner? Yeah, it was good. It was, it was 99. It was El Nino. Sick. Did, yeah, you, there, did you work at all or just surfed? If selling weed counts as work, then that's what I'd do. I'd drive here. <laughs> we I'd call that a side hustle. Yeah. I'd pick up a load of weed. I'd bring it up there. And, you know. The the uh, the profit margins were really good from Orange County to Santa Barbara, yeah. you know? college town. And then, yeah, so when I came home, I told him, and I, like, okay, he's a really cool guy. I think he wants you to learn from experience. So he didn't grill me. He was just kind of like, well, what's your next play? Yeah. And then at that point, I ended up getting hired to be a team manager for that company, SMP. Oh shit! Wow. And it was basically like babysitting guys like Troy Tecklenburg, Roy <laughs> Parker, and all these guys that were just nuts, you know. And SMP. And then the company was Australian based. Even though it started here, it got bought out by a guy in Australia. Okay. And the first thing they did was like, "Hey, you gotta make sure your passport's good. We're sending you to Australia for all the QS events." How did you hook up with these guys? Uh, actually, they offered me like a sponsorship, so to speak. I think it was like a travel fund of like a grand a year or something like that. It was nothing. And then, by the way, we need you to... But who, who hooked you up with them? Um, well, I think my buddies were all riding for them. Like Larry okay. Parker and Troy Tecklenburg and all these guys. Got it, got and, it. Um, and I think, too, their philosophy was they were coming into town from Australia. And at that time, Vulcan was the company. So yeah. I think they were kind of coming to look to take a few Vulcan drums. Right. To try to And they that knew presence. that you were like... The, the dude, the hub they knew in about Newport. The, they knew about the clubhouse. Yeah, For yeah. sure, you know. So definitely, they didn't, they definitely weren't grabbing me for my surfing. Yeah. I think they want, I think they wanted yeah. hands on the clubhouse. Right. And they knew I was friends with all the guys that had been staying at my house, you know. And uh, so basically that was how it started. And then the team manager position opened up and uh, I, went, I went for the job, got it. And the next thing you know, I'm in Australia. Crazy for like a couple QSs, and I'm not in the QSs just for the record. But I went there to babysit everyone that was in the QS. That was your first time in Australia. Yeah, that was my first time. This is '99, wow. and then right off the plat bat, I, I met uh, Asher Pacey. Yeah, he's got and all the guys on SMP, and um, got to see Mick Fanning surf for the first time. And when I seen him surf, it was in Newcastle. I was like, oh shit, like this yeah. is gonna be trouble for Andy, because it was the first time I saw someone surf 
at that level of Andy. Actually, they had a quarterfinal heat together, and Mick took out Andy. Wow. And um, it's only a four-star event, but you can see right there, brightest day, like, okay, these guys... Are way above everybody These else. guys are going to be racking yeah. up world titles between each other. Yeah. You know? And then and then I met Taj. I met all those guys, and probably a year later, 9-11 happened, um, and SMP went under. And at that point, I was like, hey, what am I going to do? And I, I, I kind of went to the whole Taylor Steele thing, like, fuck, my, all my friends are the gnarliest up-and-coming guys. Like, they're they're on the verge, what I feel like is, like, taking over the game. Yeah. And you got guys like the Irons Brothers, the Hoggoods, um, and then to, like, lesser-known guys like Aaron Cormican, to, like, unknown guys like Asher Pacey, to Mick Fannings, to Taj. And I was like, dude, this is, this is yeah. it. All I gotta do is learn how to fuck, turn the camera on. Not miss a wave. Focus, press the red <laughs> button. Make sure I got it. And when they kick out, press the red button again and hit me on. And, and that was it. I got a GS1, which is like, you know, I think it's like an $800 camera. So oh, yeah, at least. But they're, they were nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like people were making pornos with those GL1s and GL2s <laughs> at the time, you know? But, uh, and that was it. Just like, you jumped on the road, started getting on trips and... So we're talking snapped. This is snapped. Okay. Yeah. Did you did you already visualize a name? You just knew, uh, hey, I just got to get a bunch of footage from all these guys and see how it works out. No, the name wasn't there. It was like throughout the process, and you know that like we're all. I mean, a lot of the guys at the clubhouse, we're we're all burning a lot, and um, take a snap. Take a snap. (laughs) I wouldn't know about that. Late night Larson would. Of course. And, and so, so, and then I was thinking about, you know, when you're surfing, you know, snap. one of the main moves is a snap. Yeah. You know, so I felt like, oh, this is perfect. And then two, to like snap on someone or to snap whatever, yeah. like it just had, it, it was, it was short, it was quick and, and it seemed like it had a, you know, a bang to it. Yeah. Had a snap to it. Had a snap to it. <laughs> you know, so we're like, that's it. I remember I was at Chronic Tacos and I see the menu and I was just so stoned and I'm like, oh, shit now that's it right there and then that was it it was over even uh, rappers say snap oh snap I mean and it's cool too like there's snapchat there's snap (laughs) you're ahead of your time bro yeah yeah. it's a name that doesn't go out of style so so you you were the one filmer did you did you have other guys come on board later yep I did uh uh Punker Pass brother, uh, Chad Towersy, yep. OC and Sanus. Yeah. As, as most of Orange County knows him as. Uh, Snapped? Had, uh, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he, he had just graduated college and had a degree in like, I don't know, some type of video or something. I don't even know what it was because, like I said, I never went to college. So I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know Neither about that stuff. But uh, he was like, he didn't even like ask me, hey, can I be a part of this. He's like, hey, I'm going to be a part of this. You know? <laughs> and he just like straight on me. And I was yeah. like, at that point too, I was stoked because I needed help. I yeah. knew how to turn the camera on and off, but as far as I needed someone <coughs> that was going to help me edit. And I yeah. needed someone that was just going to listen to me. And still to this day, I work with guys and all I need them to do is just kind of follow what direction Directions. I'm giving and what I'm visioning. I'm going to tell them what clip's going, what order, at what pace, to what song. And that's it. Yeah. And as long as they're not like second guessing or, you know, no, no, I, I'm always up to hear their suggestions. Yeah. But at the end of the day, obviously, I've kind of gotten a vision of what I want to see. Yep. And like one thing that we touched on is like, dude, I was absolutely obsessed with surf movies growing up. Taylor Steele. Movies dude, we were all were. Huge. Yeah. And then like the Lost <laughs> movies, Vulcan movies, 
Well, yeah, I mean, my roommates up at college, they wanted to kick me out because they were so sick of hearing, like, the magnaplasm. Uh, you know, soundtrack soundtrack and stuff like they were over it. like the guy still joked about it like, it's so funny you make surf movies you were just over the top obsessed we just wanted to move on to fucking deport you out of the that's house that's what kind of it takes to be successful yeah. is having a one track mind sometimes yeah so um, so I had help from him and, and he helped uh, he helped me in the editing room on one and two and he would help film what a trip OC Insta yeah that's a podcast for you guys in itself oh <laughs> Um, and, and, uh, yeah, so, so that was, so the first year we did snap one. So how did you, okay. Cause it takes money yeah. to do this. Yeah. What did you do? I mean, at the time, uh, we got sponsors. Okay. Open came in and sponsored it. Awesome. We had a media deck that actually, like, I remember Rick, Ricky Irons at Surfer Magazine at the time when we went to him with the media deck he's like, dude, this is the best media deck I've seen. I don't think Surf... Who put it together? Uh, me and Chad. No way. Yeah. And I remember me and uh, me and Chad were obviously like pretty complimented by the fact that... Somebody... I don't think people even like made media decks back then, but we had to. Yeah. To try to raise money. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it was like, hey, we're going to travel these locations and, then, and we're going to film these surfers and, and this then, is... And then, and then spun- the distribution. We're yeah. going to distribute it in Japan, in Europe, in Australia, and all of it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it looked Take it till you make it? At 100%. We still yeah. do to this day. Yeah. We'll get into that later. But, but uh, yeah, it was basically like we got money, we got sponsors, and... Um, and it was fucking really cheap back then to travel. Yeah. And then well, you're talking about too after 9/11. So like, flights and airfare. Yeah. Were really cheap. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's well, still, you know, tough to get financing. Yeah. And, you know, it's 9/11. People are scared to do shit to yeah. do anything that you know. What and I mean? that's so, and just knowing and, what the. And too, like I said, so I housed everyone at my house. So when I was going on the road. I would get to stay at all my buddies' houses. Yeah. So yeah. like the hotel thing, I never really was staying in a hotel. I was staying at buddies' houses and right. stuff like but that. But you would you probably go to Australia. The, you know your crew, the guys that you're hanging with, are going to do the contest. But then you're in between the weeks of the contest, you're going up and down the coast somewhere and yeah. doing so a you, lot of free surf. You had a media deck. You took it to Ricky. We took it to Ricky. We took it to Wolcott. We took it to all them. They, they all jumped on. That's freaking and, and amazing. And another thing we did is we put their competitors on the media deck. We said potential sponsors. So as soon as like Wolcott. <laughs> seen Ruka on there he was like I want platinum exclusive he already I think to be honest at that point like they didn't want what Pat Tenori was about to bring yeah you know yeah he so, saw the writing on the wall yeah, and, they, yeah. Saw, they saw the writing on the wall and like you know, there, there's other cool stories about that like I remember the first time Trekker saw Ruka I'm like where the RVCA he's like oh what's that Riverside California and <laughs> right? he tackled me you know and I was just like all right, well, we're going to see what pans out here. Yeah. Because Troy was like a mentor to me. Yeah. Up, you know, but when I met Pat, then that definitely changed because I think Pat had such a broader, bigger vision than like a board writing company. Yeah, when for Pat sure. Pat came after I made Snap 2 and Pat came to me with the whole Ruka thing, I looked at it and was like, dude, this is amazing next level yeah you know this isn't surf skate snow dude <clears throat> yeah this, this is, is the art this is mma this is all stuff before mma was cool yeah you know and i was just like this is a ticket i watched what happened with volcom and i can see firsthand yeah. with pat's blueprint yeah that, like, this is the next big he's thing. all it might it might take us longer <laughs> than a normal I'm brand like, to be at the top of 
the food chain, but I, we're going to do it across, yeah. you know, multi, you know, kind of subcultures. And eventually, yeah. you know, like Volcom had three avenues, surf, skate, snow. Yeah. You know, Ruka was going to come out with, you know, six freeways where it was just like all these different avenues of different stuff and it was open to everybody so like you open that to everyone that means you open your sales to everyone and, yeah um you just got a broader spectrum to, a broader spectrum and more relevance in different yeah. cultures yeah and but stuff he was into and stuff his friends were into and that was authentic you know, authentic, authentic yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so during one andy won his first world title randomly wow so so it's kind of like the quarterback of the you know in a sense of like okay you know, Taylor had Kelly. I felt like we had Andy. Okay. You know, and then next year we decided to do two. Andy won again. So it was like, okay, our crew, this, you know. Yeah. We're on. Yeah. Like yeah. Andy won. We you're you're riding the yeah. coattails yeah, of, of like all the energy and everything in the industry right of there. Yeah. yeah. It's, like it's funny. I, I never even thought of that. Like it's, it's a, it's almost like a team. Yeah. Right. That yeah. team, that team. Because even kind of, like lost and but, voluptuous. But, but and, that, that, yeah, I was just going to go back to that where, you know, the momentum generation was a clean cut, you know, Slater, yeah. you know, Dorian, you know, Ross and all that. And then, you know, lost was that kind of like edgier, like punk rock, like Santa Clemente crew. But they also had, you know, Hawaiians and Florida's like the Lopez, you know, they had a pretty eclectic mix yeah. that were, you know, they're all forging their way into the world tour and, and which is exactly like what like what you're saying right then. Like that's exactly kind of what I envision. I always wanted my movies to be Taylor Steele platform as far as section base, but obviously with the rawness of what the Lost Guys did. Yeah. yeah I thought that my group of guys, as far as like the, the Irons Brothers and Wardo and these guys, were tapped. Dude. Yeah. These guys were. These guys would send it at night, and then they, they would crush everyone the next morning in the water. Yeah. They were gnarly. Yeah. And. But so, nobody was late night. No, 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 no. Nobody crossed your like late hey, night. Late night was in the momentum generation and loss. And oh, the, yeah. yeah. You ticked all the boxes. You ticked all the boxes. I'm like, how do I do Which both? is really, you know. They don't, you know, the yeah. name doesn't stick for a reason. God, why didn't social media out back then, man? So man, speaking of names, Chucky, what's, yeah. what's so, that Where'd the nickname okay, come from? Okay, this is again, it goes back to a surf Ooh. movie. To the lost movie. Jason Kenworthy. Who, who did Voluptuous and yeah. I, yeah, Snapping Turtle. Yeah. Then he, he did stuff with Lost. He's at Lowers and he's filming this tweaker skinny guy named uh, Vince. I know Vince. I sold Vince the, a fucking board. The, the little skinny guy? <laughs> yeah. Think, he came in with his mom's credit yes. card that day, huh? With his mom. With his mom. Okay, they're, yeah, from, yeah. they're from uh, Sun City. Okay, yeah. So he <laughs> keeps yelling at the guy to, and Corey Lopez is on the beach and he keeps yelling at the guy Go back out. Do a 360, Chuck. <laughs> Do a 360, Chuck. So he keeps roasting the guy, and the guy's tweaking on the beach and telling him, you know, how stoked he is. So I kept, I started calling people Chuck because of the 360 Chuck. And then it just completely 360 on me, and everyone started calling me Chuck. Chuck. So everyone thinks it's from the movie Chucky, which is fine. Like, we'll take it. Like, I'll be your friend till the end. <laughs> I'm Chucky. Want to play? because it, it, could, it could flip on you yeah. real quick. Come uh, back to haunt you. And eventually, people didn't even know my 
real real name. Name. my real yeah. name. They yeah. told me, like, Logan. Like, I remember, like, when I trip with Kobe Albert and these guys, and he only knew me as Chuck the whole trip. <laughs> so he's telling his buddies, like, oh, I met your mate, Chucky. You know, they're like, his name's not Chucky, it's Logan. You know, and they got into it about it. <laughs> Uh, that's that's awesome. So yeah, so then one in one and two, uh, you know. They did, did you good. make money on these movies? Yeah, they actually sold really good at the time, considering. And like, it's funny. Um, Taylor Steele was doing his own distribution, and he had hit us up, or someone poor from specimen. his company, poor specimen. Someone from Poor Specimen had hit us up okay. to see if we wanted them to distribute our movie. But that was one thing with like my relationships with Volcom and those guys. Is I tapped into Volcom's <clears throat> rep team. Like Dagwood was selling our movies here, and I found distributors in Japan, in Australia, in Europe, and we were selling. I mean, yeah, at the time I think we might have sold like close to fifty grand in DVDs. That's so they were crazy. selling really good. Like, dude, I think we did you know probably four or five reorders as far as we'd order a batch that sell out. We ordered another batch and it, it went on yeah. for a while, and then and then we jumped straight into Snap too, and so there was money in the bank when it, it was done as far as. When Pat and Conan came to me about the Ruka thing. Okay, so after Snap, Snap 2. Snap 2, yeah, this is now, okay. this is like 2003, 2004. Okay. Okay, and when they came to me uh, and they asked me about it, there was money in the Snap account and it was, it was doing good. But uh, I could tell that like competition at that point for independent service, that's like the crazy thing about then till now. Yeah. It's like, do we, we, if we went back in time, it was you making movies. There's me making movies, and there's about 15 other. Bill Ballard. Bill, I was just going to say yeah. Billy Goat. Okay, so Bill got, Ballard, yeah. Billy Goat, Bill Ballard. You got Josh Palmer and The Kill. The yeah. Kill. Okay, you got. Progression. You got, What's that one dude's name? The Japanese dude? What? Naki? No, uh, it was called What? Oh, yeah, The West from Ventura. We yeah. had uh, Timmy Kern in it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what? And what next? What next? What? Yeah, the what dude. Next? Yeah, it's a Japanese yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's his videos. Yeah, I was in all too. those too. Okay, so then there's the lost. I gotta find movie. those. There's the lost movies. There was the Volca movies. Uh, you had Matty Jai, who was like Australia's version of Taylor Steele. He made Montage and Sabotage and okay. Three Degrees. Dang. You know, you had Jack McCoy. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a load. So competition was fierce, and we were just, you know, it was just a grom. And so it was just you and yeah, it was OC. Me and then as OC. <laughs> and so and so uh, you know, it's just like, okay, this this is not, I don't think, gonna pan out to something lucrative on a financial standpoint. Yeah. And I think I was getting to that place where uh, I saw if I could play like a Troy Eckert for Pat Tenori and and Ruka, yeah. I thought that that was definitely gonna be my future. And and I mean, dude, I think I was, I was smart and I was right to put the, give up the movie thing, take the position with Ruka. But you were probably also like first time around the block, meaning the first like movie going around was like, everything's new and fresh and killer. And then at the end of the day, you're like, wow, do that again. It's kind of a lot of work. And then you load on all that competition and stuff. It yeah. probably starts kind of like, this is more hard. This is harder than it, it probably for was. For sure. Yeah, too. It was like. The demand for Andy from 2001, when we started, to we're talking 2004, and he right. had racked up, basically at that point he was on his way to racking up three world titles. The demand to work with Andy was out the door as far as like, Andy was spoken for. Yeah. For Billabong. When I started making Snap 1, when you look at the clips of Snap 1, there's clips of Andy with MCD on his board, or no logo. 
you know, once the world title came and Bill Wong came and all that, like, dude, try booking Andy on a trip after yeah. he... Even if you're his title. homie. Yeah, even if you're his homie. It's like, dude, yeah. I'm not paying him. Yeah. And, and then Bruce was like, flavor of the of the decade as far as, even though Andy was winning tight world titles, Bruce was even in more demand. Yeah, yeah, because that, that was his main focus. Yeah. He, you know, contest came second. He was the photo video guy. So... Uh, it, it just became ex- like competition was just fierce. All the guys that were in the movie, Mick Fanning and these guys, like their demand went went way up yeah. from when I had surfing was as in its high point, big time. And and that the video space was getting tougher and tougher because yeah. it it was saturated. Yeah, and then but and you, and you mm-hmm. Pat and Conan came to you and said, hey, we want you to run our marketing, uh, surf marketing, surf marketing, surf marketing, and then that eventually kind of grew because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just kind of so infatuated with all the characters that Pat had up there. And we didn't have a lot of employees, as Jay knows. There was none. Like, some of the yeah. employees weren't even getting paid yet. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know? So Jay was kind of doing what you were doing before? Jay was planned or scheduled to do that. But I yeah. think, what, in the first few weeks, you had you just gotten smart and decided, dude, I'm going to rep because reps are going to see their money faster than a, a, a TM and a, in and this case though no I beg to differ yeah and, and, I, didn't, and, I didn't see any money for a long time what, what, and too I think Jay knew the team like the yeah. CJ Canujas and these guys like it was a bad news bears setup like, <laughs> dude, I, I, I think when I started financing the team is when I knew it was yeah. probably not smart or when Conan <laughs> tapped out my miles on <laughs> United and American uh, Airlines <laughs> Um, I think that was the time to get out. Yeah, so I mean, that was another, yeah. It's, it's, it's That's a whole other side conversation. But. So I was, I'd use my credit card. We didn't have company credit cards no. right. back then. Right. I'd use my personal credit card and I would get reimbursed. And I did get reimbursed every time. But but still, at the end of the day, it was it was something that I think you needed to be there for more than the money. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Laura. But the, the girl. No, I need the money. <laughs> I had a wife and a daughter. <laughs> yes, yeah, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a daughter. And a mortgage payment. Uh, hey, side note the day, so I worked at Huntington Servants Bureau. Uh-huh. And the day that I got my offer letter to leave, to go to DVS, uh-huh. Conan called me and said, Hey, we want you to be the rep for Orange County for Ruka. And we, I remember that day. We were walking up from Southside, like up to the parking lot. He's like, "Hey, should I take that job?" And I'm like, "Not unless you don't want to make any money so, for a long time." So he's like, "Bro, you live at my house, yeah, you know, because I was living with him." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "You're not going to be able to afford this. Like, yeah. you're not going to get paid for months. Yeah. And yeah, was, you was, might, you know, yeah. you might go bankrupt. You it never was, know. It was pro bono. Yeah. Hundred percent. I, I tell everybody it was an internship. Yeah. But again, you know, the thing was compared to the surfing. It, it was it was definitely I don't call it lucrative because that would be an overstatement. But as far as like I would experience, get re- I would get I'd get reimbursed. Now when I was making the movies, yeah, I wasn't turning those receipts into anybody. Right. Yeah. So right. to be traveling with the team and then getting reimbursed by Ruka and and, and Pat and them, like that was still a step in the right direction. Right. Yeah. You know. And then yeah. too, things got better and the paychecks did start coming in. Yeah. You know. And then. The well, the economy time. started, and and the brand was starting to go. Yeah, exactly. And like the the years between two thousand two to like two thousand eight, all the way to two thousand eight. Fuck, man, it was crazy. That was crazy. So, how long was that stint with uh, Ruka? With Ruka, 
I don't, it's, it's hard to say, to be honest, because I worked there three different times. I came and went, came and went, okay. came and went. It was like a girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah. break up, you get back together, you break up, you True. get back together. Didn't Bobby Tang leave and he's now he's back? He's back. Actually, I just told someone. <laughs> Is he back again? Yeah, yeah. That's I just told I someone, I'm like, you know, I, think, I think Bobby just dethroned me as far as, like, I think I had the most back and forth. Everybody jumping into the freaking weed business and CBD <laughs> business. It's like, oh. Yeah. We love you, Bobby Tang. Bobby's back. Black Bobby. Bobby's back in the building. Um, so it's hard to say, but I know it was this. I know it started around 2003, 2004, and my last stint was 2011. Okay. So that's, you know, back and forth over a radius of basically seven to eight years. Yeah. Um, so that the first run, yeah. um, how long were you there for? The first for? run was definitely like three to four years. Okay. And... And, and you I, ran global. Well, I mean, no, I wouldn't say that was my title, but but at the end of the day, I became like very close with Pat as far as like I was so intrigued with like BJ Penn or Vitor Belfort or Mickey Avalon, whoever he had in town. Like, uh, you know, if Pat needed me to pick him up from the airport, even his mom, you know, whatever he needed, I was I was kind of there to yeah to help. It didn't matter if it was surf or not, you know, because I wanted to meet people outside yeah. of surf. To me, it was intriguing. Um, and so, at that point too, this is kind of how it started with the whole Mickey Avalon thing. I met Mickey through Ruka and through Pat. Yep. And long story short is, uh, we brought him to a lot of surf events with us. The goal was to kind of keep him out of LA and keep him off of dope. So we brought him to all the QS events with us. <laughs> and at the same time, when we're bringing him on the QSs, we're kind of marketing him around all these surfers without trying. Yeah. You know, like I remember being in Florida. He doesn't surf though, did he? Oh, hell no. He yeah. barely can swim. He can, <laughs> he can drown yeah. a few times. Uh, he can party and he can rap and he can sing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's pretty big. He I mean, was pretty big. Yeah. You know, I don't, it's not where, by any means where it was then. Because another thing too is like how the MySpace thing was going on at the time. And Mickey was MySpace's first artist. Wow. So remember, like, imagine if you're getting promoted by Instagram, like actual in yeah, Instagram, yeah. like a lot of people are going to see you. Yeah. You know, and MySpace was that first social media platform. That right? turned pretty quick to music. Blowing, and they're blowing Mickey up. And Pat had already kind of visualized, hey, this crazy little white rapper dude from L.A. is going to be big. And he was on point. And, wow. And it started happening. You know, and that Jane Fonda song came on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was on K-Rock. And his stock started going up. Now his problem obviously was like his his heroin habit, and Pat and all of us wanted to try and help keep him off of heroin. So Pat's whole strategy was like, oh, let's send him with the surf team, yeah, <laughs> the QSs and stuff. So we brought him on. But it worked both. Us. It worked both ways. Yeah. You know, it kind of really highlighted like our kind of small time crew yeah. compared to what you know all the other well, big brands are. But that's what was cool about Ruka. You had that. Yeah, that the, mix. The, the, the diversity. Yeah. Know? And like, what other surf team was showing up with some skinny white little Jewish <laughs> rapper that's, yeah. you know, trying to stay off heroin? Not many. Yeah. And so we And then out. he's fucking bigger than life. And then these songs are coming out, and yeah. as you know, it's like a pretty rad look for the surf team. For sure. You know? And then before you know it, all these guys want to use his songs to their, In their videos. And like, Annie and Bruce and all these guys, they fucking were obsessed with him. Because here's a guy, he didn't surf, but. To one, fun to, party other, with. to one end or the other, he was crazier than them. Yeah. And they loved it. <laughs> Something they could relate to. <laughs> they could relate to and then some, you know, yeah. like, yeah. almost like, I don't say looked up to him, but they were definitely. They want to hang with him. They were intrigued. And they yeah. Intrigued for sure. Head, you know, and then so 
Next thing you know, like, Mickey's stock, outside of, like, mainstream K-Rock and all that stuff, like, he had, like, this kind of, I would say, cult following in the surf thing. Yeah. You know, and too, at the same time, he's sponsored by Ruka, which is then at that point becoming like the biggest up and coming brand. Yeah. You know, so he had, a, and they had MySpace backing him. And then he had like the Irons Brothers backing him. And, you know, um, so at that point, that's when we kind of came up with this concept. I said, hey, why don't we have Mickey perform during the Pipe Masters for the Triple Crown? Wow. In Hawaii. And Pat loved the idea. And Pat took that idea and was like, okay, hey, I'm going to send out these artists. BJ Penn and all these guys and this we're gonna make a circus out of this thing. So wait, let me backtrack real quick. So that was your idea? What the, the concert? Yeah, the concert was my idea. Yeah, and then Pat, Pat, huh. he wanted to make yeah, some more he, spice to oh, it. Yeah, way bigger. Like he took my little, he took he took that little idea and he and he made it way bigger by like bringing in, you know, because if you just had Mickey Allen concert, it's cool. But when you bring in BJ Penn, who at the time was like the UFC champ, yeah, yeah. you know, and then all these gnarly graffiti all artists, under the, skaters, the Ruka umbrella, the and that was kind of like the, the pre- first Ruka Aloha without the title. That yeah. year was called the Mickey Don't Surf Tour. Yeah. But I think and what year was that? that? This was in I want to say 2006 or seven. Wow. Probably. Yep. And that was it. I, I mean, know. it was a melee. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a full-blown circus. And and that was the first ever Ruka event during the triple Hawaiian yeah, Triple Crown, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, Volcom was owning the scene over in the... Crushing the, it. Over yeah. in Hawaii. And, and, and then that was, I think, the start of when, like, even not just in Orange County, but over in Hawaii, I think that was the part of, like, Pat dethroning Volcom. Yeah. You know, because I can tell you, that night, everybody was at the concert. Vulcan guys, Kelly, the Irons, everybody, yeah. DJ Penn, everyone. I was, yeah. I was like baffled, like, oh, these other companies are showing up. Like, this yeah. is a big deal. It was completely sold out. Yeah. And it was nuts. But it's huge. But, but when they were doing like surf. God, I wish I could have went to that. But when they were doing like surf team <laughs> signings, like a lot of times BJ would be there or yeah, Mickey, yeah. or they'd be there to sign in like next to the surfers and, yeah. and stuff. And that was all Pat, like, as yeah. far as like Pat had that vision of. If, just because it's a surf signing doesn't mean it needs to be all surf. Needs yeah. this to be about Ruka. So, so, yeah. so when like you have the surfers show up and then in Hawaii you have BJ Penn show up. Yeah, huge. Dude, that shopping mall was filled. The Blue Hawaii, I remember, was a big account for us back yeah. in the day. And like I remember, like dude, there was a line, you know, out the mall. And he gets. He was, gets. I don't think it was to meet our surf team because again, our surf team was like. It was the whole package. I think our surf team was pretty like B grade, you know, A minus at the best. There was yeah, no yeah. CT surfers. There was nothing, yeah. you know. But well, Larson was on that. But yeah, we get you. We get we. Larson was double dipping. He, <laughs> he was the rep that would rip. He was, the, you know, Yeoman's, Yeoman's had nothing. Yeoman's got him. it now. Yeoman's got that title now. Yeoman's I guess. took yeah. your blueprint and he's running with it. You know? <laughs> but. So but hey, you had that idea though—the yeah. original. Hey, the, the, let's having, throw a, having, a concert with with Mickey Avalon. Throwing a concert with Mickey Avalon during the waiting period of the Triple Crown. Was, Genius was was my thought, and then once we saw this high five. Yeah, kind of until you hear the rest of the story, and then it, it takes a turn <laughs> for a darker chapter. But at that point, we realized, oh, let's do this during the U.S. Open. Let's do it during the U.S. Open, and then the next thing you know, I'm like, whoa. We got some here because at that point too, Mickey's stock had gone way up, and uh, ticket prices and everything had also gone up. And at the same time, uh, there was a new employee at Ruka. She had a global marketing uh, dir- director position. Uh, her name was Sky. Sky, right? I know. And she came in swinging, flexing, and I couldn't handle. And at that time, I was like, 
all right, I think this is it for me. I just can't, like, I can't have someone that doesn't, that doesn't Let surf yeah. come in and talk to me about surf. Yeah. You know, and I can't have someone that doesn't know anyone here come in and say, hey, I want your Rolodex. I yeah. want all these people that, you know, I want their phone numbers and stuff. And I was just like, at that point. Every company makes this mistake. F, yeah. no. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, I think Pat had an idea, like, he needed her for other aspects, for licensee deals and stuff, for a bigger play. You know, and I but, just but, said, I but, but her her role should have been, you know, embracing what you're already doing and letting you run with it versus coming in and yeah. So we just, I mean, basically, the bottom line is we butted heads. Yeah. How yeah. long was she there for? Not that she long. Didn't last yeah. Not exactly. Long. And that's what he yeah. told me. He's yeah. like, yeah. dude, don't go anywhere. Hang yeah. out. Yeah. Like she's not going to be here for a while. Like just yeah. just hang out. Yeah. But I couldn't. That's the problem that I think a lot of companies in general, but surf surf companies especially, yeah. because well, we're so connected, we know. And we've seen. Well, I can say this: like I, it would have been in my best interest to stay because yeah. I was getting well taken care of. I was getting well paid. I had a very high up position, and I didn't. And like I said, Ruka still went on and blew up with yeah. or without me. You yeah. know what I mean? And I ended up going back later, but I went on. Then after I left Ruka, and it was on good terms with Pat. And um, at that point, I started doing these concerts with Mickey Avalon. Wow! It was basically like booking, this, booking stuff. When the CT events, I'd get the CT schedule, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, Australia's in March. We're going to Australia in March with Mickey Avalon." So, so you leave Ruka. Yeah. You're good friends with Mickey Avalon. Yeah. And you, and you say to Mickey, or does Mickey say to you? No, we both we both. You're like, knew. "Fuck, I'm I'm gonna work with you." Yeah, and at the same time, it was like Ruka was still gonna sponsor yeah. the events. They're still gonna be involved. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was outing. Yeah, you were you were still so you, involved on the Ruka side, but you were you created you were, a position. Yeah, and I was like, dude. So basically, our first one independently. Hold on a second. Yeah. He he obviously had a tour promoter. No. 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 He never did. No, because you're talking about. Globally, like you're talking about outside of America, he had a booking agent, and to go try new networks, I mean, to, to, to go try you know different regions, that that was foreign. Not, no, no one had done that yet. Yeah. But Ruka, the Ruka came out in Australia with a Mickey Avalon concert, and I had heard. I didn't go to that one, but I had heard what a big success it was, and it was because I think Noodles or someone got Mickey Avalon's single on Triple J, which is basically K-Rock, and there's no other radio stations yeah. in Australia. It's one radio station. If you're on, even to this day, if you're on Triple J, you're selling out. It's huge, <laughs> it's a one-stop shop, that's it. And so he was on Triple J. Jane Fonda, I think, was top 10. So it would mean like, there was a high, so I knew already like, okay. We go to Australia, it's we're on. We're going to Australia, it's yeah. on. So yeah. we go, we go to Australia, and I'm asking everyone, "Hey, what are ticket prices? What do we what do we do this at?" Remember, it's foreign. They say, "Oh, for foreign acts, people from America, fifty dollars." I said, fifty dollars." At that time, it was like that's like seventy dollars U.S. Yeah. For a Mickey Avalon ticket, like, dude, that sounds like a lot. They're like, "No, trust us." I said, and in Australia, it's different here. Here, you have to pay for venues, venue hires. It's a lot, you know, 10, 15 grand, let's say, for to the, rent a, to rent for the a venue. For, yeah, for the observatory. Yeah. Over there, you get the venue, you get ticket sales, and the venue keeps the alcohol money. That's wow. it. So you're getting a, ven a killer venue like the OC Observatory yeah. for free. Wow. Yeah. So it was like $70 tickets and a free venue. And I was just looking at the math going, dude, if we crush two shows, the Gold Coast during Snapper, and then we go to Sydney. Because you know Sydney's like LA or yeah. the capital. If we crush two shows, 
you know, Australian fifty dollar tickets. It's like we're gonna have a hundred grand Dude. in two nights in one weekend. <laughs> you know, and if Mickey and I are split it, that means like in one weekend, Mickey's walking with fifty and I'm walking with fifty, <laughs> and fifty grand at that point was. I would say generally close to what my Ruka salary was or whatever. So I was thinking, dude. For a weekend? For a weekend. Yeah. If I could do no, that times 10. If I can do that a couple times a year, like, yeah. you know, I'm making five times what, what I was ever making on a full time job. The only problem How is. How many Australian stops are there, too? Well, originally there was two. Eventually. They did West. I, w- I would do five stops. Right. I would do five stops. At least, at least five, and, right? And, and I mean, eventually Australia became the bread and butter as far as. I would focus on the Australia tour for six, nine months out. Australia, like, we killed it in Australia. I was pretty much, like, set here for the rest of the year. Because you do five of those. Yeah. You know? You're, you're looking at six figures. Yeah. You know? Walking away. Yeah. And, and not was, to mention, like, if you did it a couple stops in California, a couple stops in New York, you, well, a couple yeah, stops like in Florida. The U.S. Open. You know? I mean, Wednesday night at the U.S. Open, Wednesday night at the Grove of Anaheim, they said it was, like... The, the biggest turnout they've ever had on a Wednesday night. Because Wednesday nights, you don't... Yeah, that's a hard it's night, a hard to, night yeah. to throw up. Yeah, it's party. usually corporate stuff during the week, and then they might get you yeah, know, some so, so we had that like, a recipe. So it was like, dude, we were making loads of money. was still like having the support of Ruka. I had like that Von Zipper company yeah. was paying like 30 to 50 grand in sponsorship money. So that money alone <laughs> would cover all the overhead. So we were in the profit before we even got on the plane. Oh my. Gosh. So the money was rolling in. It was really good. But at the same time, too, I had basically it gone from everything surf-related growing up to now you're on kind of like vampire hours as yeah. far as everything's late night. Late yeah. night. Yeah. No pun intended, Jay. No pun. But, but uh, so I'm not surfing as much anymore. And yeah. I'm like on tour. And, and Starting to go to the dark side. It's going to the dark side. And then I started dabbling with uh, opiates with Oxycontin. And then... I'm, and to me, in my head, I'm thinking, dude, I'm making all this money. I'm killing it. Yeah. But I didn't realize my bank account might be saying one thing, but my quality of life and where I was going physically and yeah. mentally. And you weren't married. You were I singles. was married, and I was about to have my first kid. Ooh, okay. And my wife's bipolar, and, and battles with severe depression, and they took her off all her meds during the pregnancy. And uh, it was really, really gnarly. So it's either like at the home front I'm dealing with that, and then on the work front, I'm working with Mickey Avalon, who his habit at the time started going to a really, really gnarly place. It's yeah. like, get him in the Greek shit. Like, yeah. you know, dark. Uh, so for me, I kind of knew at that point, if I, as long as I keep fucking whacking these pills, I'm going to feel good. <laughs> you know, and my bank account looks good, so I must be doing good. I didn't, but, the, you know, the one thing I just realized, I'm so disattached from surfing. Yeah. You know, but it's all good because... I'm making money. Yeah, yeah. You know? and You're traveling the world. Traveling, and, and all the surfers are stoked on Mickey Avalon, and you know, so uh, it just it kept going that direction. And just like any any story, it's great in the beginning. You're killing it, but eventually it catches up to you. You know, the wheels fall off, and then Mickey's not capitalizing on his opportunities. I mean, he was signed by Jimmy Iovine and Interscope. Yeah. He had Dr. Luke Gottwald as his producer for his album, which was Katy Perry and Kesha at the time. Um, so, like, the, the world... He was on the verge. He was on the verge, dude. If it was the Mickey Avalon now, with that opportunity, he would capitalize on it. But he wasn't, and, you know, we're, we're all messed up, and he obviously 
uh, you know, kind of that was his calling as far as you only get one chance with Jimmy Iovine Interscope and a producer as big as Dr. Luke. Yeah. And um, so just the wheels started coming off and he was going to a bad place. I was going to a bad place. The money was still kind of coming in pretty good. But eventually, it, you know, it, it just got dark and it got to the point where shit started getting scary traveling. Yeah. How, how many shows a year were you guys doing? I ended up starting doing the tour manager stuff too. Yeah. So I would get paid per night to manage Mickey on events that weren't mine. So now I'm in like Memphis and Texas and Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> this place is on a tour bus, dude. Like armpits of America. Yeah, it was gnarly. I'm getting paid a couple hundred dollars a night, but you know, if you got paid four hundred dollars a night and you're doing six shows that week or five shows, it's still two grand a week or yeah. whatever on the side, and that's aside from my shows that I would make the money on you know yeah um, how long did you do that for? this went on for I want to say like four years wow close, yeah four, four, four years close to um, or mean, around that not to dig too deep but when did you start using hard yeah uh, right into no, it no, or no, like no no not right slowly into it. Like, slowly yes, fell like, into the abyss like, yeah, one it, party night turned into <laughs> another party night yeah, it's like, like one time turns into a weekend and then the, it, it next week weekends and then it goes to, you know, a couple of days on the weekdays. And the next thing you know, it, if you're not using, you're getting dope sick. And then it's just a full vortex, yeah. you know. And before you know it, you're hooked. And um, I, opiate addiction is just so gnarly on that standpoint of, like, uh, that's why the odds of getting off it and staying off it are so slim. You know, I think, you know, it's like a 4 or 5% success rate. Yeah. Um, and at the same point too, a lot of my buddies and a lot of guys are, are hooked, surfers, everyone. Um, and then, you know, at the same time too, Andy died. So it's like th th this whole party and this everyone winning and killing it and being on top of the world, like it was coming to a halt fast. Yeah. You knew it wasn't going to last. Yeah. You just knew. And, your uh, body, your you mind, did it. your everything could only last it, it, in that it, environment so long. Yeah. It just, you know, it started getting depressing. Like, you know, Andy was like fucking a hero. He's like, you know, let's say like a LeBron or Kobe, you know, of our modern day or whatever. Andy is a good friend of mine. Yeah. yeah. Um, to see him gone and stuff, and you're like, dude, if it killed Superman, which Andy was like a Superman, and I was like, fuck, this is gonna fucking kill me too. Yeah. Um, and it, it just got dark, and uh, I stopped doing the Mickey Avalon thing because shit on the road was just so gnarly. Yeah. Like, uh, and so easily accessible, right? Well, I mean, it depends. Like, dude, you go to other countries and 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 shit's getting smuggled, and you know, guys are getting pulled in the rooms and interrogated and, and, and stuff. And then you've you know, seen that, yeah. I mean, I experienced <laughs> it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then like somehow everyone gets through customs, and then one of the guys on tour with us is like, "I hope my package makes it to the hotel." And then we're sitting there going, "You mailed a package of fucking dope into." Australia or another country like dude we're gonna be locked up abroad yeah and that was kind of it for me that was the last one as far as like yeah I said if, dude if I get back to America on this one yeah I'm never doing this again I don't care how much money's involved I had a kid at the time and yeah. it's just like you know with Mickey what he'd do is like dude he'd risk stuff on his own if he got caught he was going down yeah you know, but when people started mailing packages to our hotels, and we Did. still don't know what name, it was probably under my name because yeah. I was the tour manager. Yeah. The hotel rooms were booked under my name. So Whew. I just remember going, dude, if I get back to the States, I'm never, ever, ever doing this so again. So you did this for four fucking years. Yeah. 
and I got a newborn and stuff, and a bipolar wife. So I was just, I was just breaking, yeah, uh, you know, internally. And I, and I quit surfing, dude. Quit I surfing, that, which is the hugest part, you know, because now I've learned, like, when I've got stressful stuff, I don't care what it is. I'm taking 20 minutes out of my day, and I go and jump in the water, just like people go to AA meetings or whatnot. For me, that's my meeting. That's yeah. my recovery. Um, so basically, before I know it, you know, I'm. I end up in rehab and because I wanted to go yeah you know and I just learned bad shit in rehab it was a gnarly experience and then a couple months later I end up back in another rehab and this goes on for is it was it your choice or did you did you guys did your family no. and like close friends like no, all the inter- intervention they, like no 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 intervention everybody's just like no no intervention people are wondering like dude what's wrong with you why are you so skinny why you don't surf anymore you know why are you such a recluse you know like, you're not the same person and eventually, I just I like went to my wife and just said, "Hey, look, I got something to tell you. Like I am hooked and strung out on oxycontin. You know, I need to go. I need to get help. So I tried once, tried twice, tried a third time, and it wasn't given. Like I, it would last a little bit, but eventually, at that point, my daughter is like four, almost five, and I just knew, like, hey, if I don't pull my shit together." I'm not going to be in my daughter's life because I refuse to like have her be surrounded by this. Like, yeah. In a year or two, she's going to be at kindergarten at elementary school with a lot of parents that I grew up with. And I'm going to be what? Like that strung out dad that's like coming in between rehab stints? Like, no, fuck Kid, Kids yeah. are a good motivator. I mean, wives, kids, family. I mean, but man, that's got to be a wake up call for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's awesome that you recognized and recognized saw it. it and are strong enough to like love your daughter that much to like yeah two, give it up to two of them too at that point I, I had two daughters and I got um, two daughters too yeah it's, it's like, <laughs> that'll be the death and, of us and, and he didn't smoke weed either <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good for you maybe they will for you later on uh, but, but uh it, yeah, it was it was definitely to the point where I was like dude I need to pull my shit together I need to pull out of their lives and uh I was like, and my brother was a drug alcohol counselor. What? And yeah, he got his life together through AA. So they were pressing me really hard on the AA thing. You know, you got to do 90 meetings in 90 days. You got to do this. And uh, it just wasn't clicking for me. I was doing like reverse psychology. I felt like I was going to a worse place. And then I I was Just too too extreme instead of just like kind of... They're they're like, you know, I don't want to say they look at... Because I think if if I were to tell anyone, if you want to get clean... Go to those meetings, or at least try it. Give it a shot, because yeah. I did, you know? Uh, like, the odds are in your favor over there. Yeah. But for me, personally, it just wasn't clicking. And I knew, I instead of, like, reprogramming or, or resetting my thought process, I kind of had to go back to the drawing boards and go, do what used to make you happy. Yeah. What made you, you. And to me, it was easy. It was, like, surfing. For sure. That was it. That gave me everything, you know? So at that point, I detoxed at home. It's fucking deathly sick for two weeks, really gnarly. And as soon as I was able to start basically like being mobile and drive my car, I forced myself into the water. And then I started surfing religiously. And as I was surfing more, I wanted to start surfing more. As I got, I wanted to like got a new back. high. You got a new I drug wanted, addiction. Yeah, I wanted to get back to surfing where I was at before. And I remember TK at the Frog House because TK roasted me. He called me out. I remember I tried to go surf once. I was all strung out. He came up. He slapped water on me. He called me out. 
you know, he's like a dad figure. Yeah. And um, uh, so I knew, he told me, he said, if you're going to beat this, you need to take, you need to take your bad habits and replace them with good ones. What are you going to do? And I thought, fuck, I'm going to surf. Because that's the only thing I ever had in my corner. As far as that's the only good habit I ever had, to be honest. And it did a lot of good for me, you know? So... Uh, I it's start, so simple too. Yeah, and, and it feels good. The vitamin D from the sun, the salt water, the whole deal. Yeah. It's like, dude. Yeah, the interaction with your friends. But all of it. You see friends, you feel better, they're you're getting exercise. It's like, it's. Yeah, they're seeing you, they're so like, dude, you look good. You know, like, yeah. and I'm like, dude, I haven't had anyone say that in a couple of years. You know what I mean? And they're stoked. They're seeing me in the water, not seeing me at my funeral. Yeah. You know, and so I just, that was 2015, and. That was the year we had the El Nino, and the water was it got up to like 72, 73. I like so insane. I, I lived in my trunks, and I would go down and surf for three or four hours or twice a day. I'd come home so fried, and then I had to burn myself even more out. And I would go train, and I took up boxing at Ruka. Sick. And so I was, I was just like on a regiment, and I was super grateful too that like Pat and them like yeah. let me have access to the gym. Yeah. You know, and I would surf all day, and I would box in the evening, and come nighttime like the only thing on my mind was to get back in the water the next morning like i just become a full you know addict as far as surfing goes yeah plus you realize how much you missed it and how much how many like yeah yeah, i gotta make up for all those missed sessions and everything yeah it's fucking gnarly like yeah it's uh not many people have can you know pull something off like that let alone not cold turkey through 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 a program yeah uh what do you call it? A focus group or a program? A program. Yeah, well, see, and that was the thing. My brother said to me, if you don't do this through the program, you're not going to do it. I want you to write letters to your daughters and I'll read them at your funeral. It's <laughs> a good brother. And I said, you know, basically to me, I was like, all right, it's on. I'm going to make you eat words. <laughs> yeah. If I don't get clean for me, I'm going to get clean just to prove you wrong. Yeah, you know, and, I mean, and, nothing... and, and him and I are best friends now. That's awesome, and it's the happiest thing. Like, dude, we'll always tell this story as yeah. far as like telling me to do the program wasn't yeah. working one way or the other. Yeah. So luckily, I kind of like. Well, yeah. it's it's there's no way. It's to... crazy because that's what your brother does, and yeah. that's what he that sees is... as a successful tool, yeah. pattern, yeah, to sober sobriety, what? right? Yeah. And... yeah, I mean, now he doesn't do that. Now this is basically five years ago now because uh, next month I'll have five years off of opiates. Awesome. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah. I think it's definitely the, by far the biggest accomplishment. Like none of this other snap stuff or anything. Me being a dad, me being here with you guys, none of this stuff would happen without that. Yeah, that, that's that's you know my foundation for actually living a good, healthy, happy, proactive life. Yeah, you know. But uh, he he also too at that point I wanted to to show him like hey if you got clients or you got people, don't tell them there's one way yeah try to push the way that you think works but yeah now i think he's he's got um a different perspective yeah on recovery because he knows someone that's well you're trained in a in a, a specific way or pattern and then yeah. yeah. you know you kind of have to look at the unconventional like ways as well sometimes yeah, yeah. and I mean I did, and did identify with that person and yeah. You know, help navigate through that. And so, like process. I said, it's smart. Like, dude, the program is where the odds are in your favor. That, but for me, I, I think I needed, I 
think I needed the odds to be even more stacked against me, you yeah. know? And that was when at the same time, too, I remember just tell this story, but as I'm all whacked out or getting clean, I remember reading a thing about Kai Neville, and he had come out with that movie Cluster, and it just, like, had dominated the scene. I think it was his last big movie, and he said, independent surf films are dead. And I thought, well... I'm coming back from the dead myself. Yeah, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. What better time to, let's do Snap 3, you know? And I'm going to take the odds of me getting off of opiates, which are slim to none, and the odds of anyone coming back after 13, 15 years and doing what they used to do are not in your favor. Plus, plus the dynamic of the industry and just media in general. Social, and how media, people, yeah. social media popping off. The Instagram thing was new and taking off. But the Instagram thing, it's funny, at the time was all about photos. Yep. So no one even cared about video. Yeah. So when I had gotten a hold of Asher Pacey or Bobby Martinez and all these guys, and I said, hey, guess what? I want to do Snap 3. Are you guys game? You know, and like some of them are like, dude, I'm sitting on so many video clips. They didn't even think about using them for Instagram. Then, like, obviously, the game's changed now. We all know that like, video is what everyone wants yeah. for social media. As soon as Instagram came out, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I love it. It's just simple and easy. But like, where's the video? Like, you know. And well, then they gave you that what first eight or six to fifteen yeah, seconds, seconds, and that yeah. was it. And then well, that's why it's called Instagram. A gram is a photo. Yeah. yeah. You know, but obviously now it's like instant video. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, you know, so that's when I set out to make Snap. You got Ray. one minute shamelessly self promoting yourself. <laughs> so, so you got clean. Yep. And then, and six then you months, wanted to do. Six months in, I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Snap 3. Because you weren't, how, what were you doing to support yourself? Well, your I made, made money on other ends and uh, I wasn't, I wasn't doing great. But like I said, there was a while where I was making a load of yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making out a and stuff. And, uh, were you socking it away? Or? Yeah, I was socking it away. Okay. And, um, and obviously it was going out the door too on certain ends, you know. Because yeah. um, at this point you had two kids? Two kids, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it got to a point where... I was like, fuck, man, I can spend the rest of this money on drugs or I could spend it on fucking trying to make a movie yeah, and see if that'll formulate into something else because that's what always happened. Yeah. When I made Snap 1 and 2, it transitioned to a, it, into a Ruka position yeah. and the same thing happened. When I did Snap 3, within seven months, I got offered the content producer position at Weedmaps and it was a fucking smoking salary killer job I had to go over to Irvine twice a day and all I had to do was put out edits yeah you know so like how did you get hooked up with weed maps um they, they there was a guy that worked for them and uh I saw him at a birthday party and he knew I was making snap three and he basically was looking for someone that was going to pump out content and had access to the guys yeah and they wanted to make a team at the same time so they knew like okay so they didn't have any of that. Not yet. Until until they yeah. hooked up Chucky. Yeah. I think they had Joel Tudor was on the team. Okay. At, the, at that point. And... Because uh, Weed Maps was fucking huge for a second. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, dude, we, we definitely came Rex out... Simon or whatever? Simon yeah, Rex? Yeah, and, and that was like... That was... I mean, because Simon Rex... Mickey was Avalon. Was part of Mickey Avalon. Yeah. You know? So um, when I started working there, then... There was like, you know, Dustin Barca, Bruce Irons, and Simon Rex, all the guys that were a part of like the whole Snap 3 thing, you know, I, like we were able to get them. 
contracts and they were able to tap into that. And that was kind of too where so I So you like, brought those guys to Weed Maps. Yeah. And then as soon as I brought those guys to Weed Maps, I felt like they didn't really need me as much anymore because they had all my guys under contract. Yeah. You know? So eventually it got to the point where I was like, I walked away from the Weed Maps scene, which was really hard because it was good money. And then after I walked away from it, they offered me good money for sponsoring the movie. And I just felt at this point like, this is my baby. I don't want it to be branded. I don't want a bunch of cannabis brands, logos popping up throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I'm going to have to walk away. You know, and, and like, I'm not going to say numbers, but I'm saying between my salary and between what was offered. A lot of money. I've never walked away. Wow. From that much money. And I did it because I, this was more than a movie to me. Like the, this is, this was my recovery. Too. Yeah. This was everything all wrapped up in one. Yeah. You know, and uh, thought I was going into it saying, Hey, this is, my comeback movie but this is also going to be the last movie I make anytime I'm making a movie you're always going to hear me say this, this is my is last, the month. last one because so, I want to go all in yeah so did you make Snap 3 and then Weed Maps came around no, or it was during, during the making during, of Snap okay. 3 yeah and before the movie was out I had walked away from Weed Maps and from the sponsorship and stuff and um, those guys those guys had great marketing budgets and <laughs> Good money and yeah. stuff, you know, it was a yeah, hard deep one to pockets. walk away from, but yeah. I just felt like morally for me and where I wanted to go with, yeah. with my project, I wanted this to be independent. my project. Yeah, and, and your, yeah, like you said, your Because I didn't your know, call. Like, setting up those other guys as soon as they were on the team and had their contracts, I could see there was a different, uh, you could see there was a different chemistry. Like, yeah. they didn't need me for answers, they had my guy sign. And I kind of felt like this, that was going to be the same thing for the movie. If I yeah. sign on with the movie, they had their logo on there. And they kind of owned my movie too. Yeah. And and the roster, so I was like, hey, I want to stop and just roll the dice. And luckily, I got a vape company that came in, wrote me a check for like I don't know thirty grand or something, just a vape company. And between the vape companies and Bonsai Bowl and Bear Flag and all the other companies that came aboard to support, you know, was able to raise good money for the movie. And then yeah. the premieres made money. I mean, we basically sold out the observatory, and that was. I think 1,250 people, 900 tickets had sold. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I remember the first couple Snap premieres. Were, yeah, I mean, it was huge. I mean... So, so I got more experience throwing events than making movies after all those years. Yeah. Me. So, uh, like, for me, that's kind of like, I, I feel like my strength is like, I feel like putting on events. Yeah. Remember, I grew up Different avenue stream, not just the DVD sales or, or download yeah. sales. You know, like, you're looking at, like, you're looking at events. You've, without a formal education, you've experienced and learned businesses through doing it. Experience. And, too, <laughs> I feel like I've learned from really good people. As far as, like, watching Richard Wilcott and Troy Eckert throw those parties and those premieres back in the day was huge. And then watching Pat Tenori throw events, like those Ruka Alohas or any of that stuff. I mean, Jay knows, like, no one really knows how to throw a, a party like that, like, Pat yeah, it's you know? a, so yeah. I mean, dude, I, I was. He doesn't take. He doesn't do a party. It's a, it's a takeover week with like, the, there's the whole day is booked. There's stuff every day, all day into the night. You're like, wow. So, so I was under the influence. I feel like it's like very impactful, uh, you know, individuals. Yeah. That, that obviously I've, I've learned from. But you plus, know? you know, you get the highlight. You know, get put these guys on. You know, a pedestal. You know, it's not just kind of, hey, I only get to see them you know, on video or, you know, at a contest, like they're up close and personal, all the guys in the video and, and just being around that is and pretty I, awesome. I think 
surf premieres are like that's the heart of it. Like I don't know, growing up, you always hear about people in movie theaters hooting and screaming and cheering and yelling. Like the best. I feel like, dude, you know, that that will always to me be like the heart of surfing is yeah. surf movies and dude. then even more so surf premieres are like dude that's huge it's an exciting time people are raging raging it's just a different it's just a different vibe to going to see a, a surf movie premiere than like going to watch a motion picture yeah. where everyone's quiet and if you say one word you got someone telling you hey shut up yeah i'm yeah. watching the movie you know yeah you're it's you're like, you're you're in a, in a, a, a giant theater with every like-minded person that yeah. you know is just there to yelling and screaming freaking. and having a, a good time the energy is sick the grounds, I can't wait to yeah, yeah I can't wait for another for, for that movie yeah so I, like, I'm focusing on the movie and with the movie it's different like guys we didn't brought it up but it's like with Snap 4 I thought I had to come up with a different format because of what's going on in social media it's really hard right now to compete with the guys their sponsors their social media platforms the media channels it's hard for them to take their best stuff Yep. and put it away for me. I'm just an independent contractor. I'm not paying any of these guys. Yeah. So what I thought of was instead of taking the money I raised from sponsors and putting it towards trips and production, I'm going to put it in a pot and I'm going to tell these guys that I picked to be in the movie, best section wins $40,000. Wow. And then that's the, that's, the, that's the platform. So And who's going to vote? The voting is going to be a panel of three guys that start in Snap 1 and 2 I already know who they are. One of them's a world champ, a couple world titles. The other guys put on some of the best surf movies. There are three guys that could end up making the best part themselves. They surf that good. We're going to announce it later on because it's kind of a big that sounds deal. That sounds awesome. Dude. But I think it's the gnarliest panel of surfers that I've ever heard of. It's, these guys are just absolutely. Well, you bad. look at like Wave of the Winter, or you know. Yeah, those uh, guys perfect. You I know, those guys. They have Briley and those guys picking. That's perfect. You can't. You yeah, can't you got like Poncho and Briley and Dorian. Like, you dude, you got these. Question those guys. No. Yeah. These guys that I've selected, I promise you. Nobody's gonna second guess. No one their... is gonna second guess because these three guys themselves, if yeah. they had the time to do it. They can win that forty grand themselves. Yeah, yeah. that's just, not not to get off subject, but that's my kind of like pet peeve with the WSL is like, why aren't there like ex world champs or tour guys like on panel for for judging? You know, maybe the money is there, maybe they don't, maybe they can't get those guys. But you would you would think I you would I, think it would be like I if don't know. I, okay if I'm Tom Kern or. Or yeah, I, I get it. Potter even like yeah. you want to sit and judge. No, it's a gnarly He's, job. You know, maybe like, a specialty event, but yeah, I get it. You know, but no, no, I see, I see what you're saying for sure. But I, I don't know. I feel like there's other stuff going on probably behind closed doors and and whatnot. That I mean, I think even if you had Kern and these guys, Every, it's so subjective. Be, they too, might be too subjective. Being biased on like, yeah. So they might not like kind of like I am on my fantasy team. I'm yeah, super. They, they, they might not. They might not be into. They might be more. Into, you know, current might be more into who flowed the best in style. Yeah. Not yeah. might be into uh, power speed flow or whatever. Yeah. The, you know, he'd be counting whitewater turns. You know, so <laughs> With, he did a head snap. So yeah. never know. But I mean, I will say like, that's half a point. No, but your judging panel has got to. Yeah, like it's got to be super important to. And the, there's weird stuff goes on, but anytime you have judges involved, subjective. Yeah, you're, there's going to be controversy, yeah. you know. But I feel like the three guys that I selected, luckily they were yeah. cool enough to commit to doing it. That's yeah. awesome. I don't think anybody is going to second guess it. And I've talked to all the surfers in the movie about, hey, this is who's going to judge. They're like, all cool. Of them are like, 
Yeah, because it's big credibility to the movie. Like, yeah. You know, like not only is this a nuts roster for the movie, but even the guys that are announcing it are, are tapped. Yeah. Know, these are some of the best former servers in the world. So you're, you're working on the movie now. Yeah, and even though they're making their parts, I'm working hands-on with them as far as, hey, there's this nut swell in the Caribbean, like the one you know, we were talking about before we started the podcast. Yeah. If I were you guys, I wouldn't go to Tabarua. I would go try out this new zone. Yeah. Or, you know, like Ian Crane and these guys are like, hey, we're going to Morocco. Do you have a filmer? Yeah, I got a sick filmer. He has a red. and Plus some of those spots, say, right, right? say, say like Tabby, you could get poached pretty easy at a spot like that too. For where sure. it's like, ooh, I saw, you know, waves of that session already, you know. So, yeah, so going somewhere a little and, bit more off the beaten path is. And, and one of the guidelines for the movie is any, any wave or clip that's been used on Instagram or in an edit disqual- is disqualified. You can't use it in your part. So I want this premiere, and I want people to show up seeing a movie with footage For that the first they've time. never seen in their life the way that we all grew up yeah. going to a premiere, waiting for Momentum 2 to come out or Focus or any of this. I mean, you waited all year for those movies yeah. to come out, and your, the excitement was there. Yeah. We don't have that right now. What's your, so, t- what's your time frame, sorry? What's the time frame for the movie? like? Well, so we announced it this summer, and basically, I think at that point it was maybe a September, but I said U.S. Open next year, Saturday night, we're on. <laughs> and this year, so that's it. I already guys. booked the venue, you guys. Yeah, it's, so that's it. So your it's, part's in or out. So it's Saturday night of the U.S. Open, August 8, 2020, during the U.S. Open at the OC Observatory off of Harvard, uh, all ages. And I think we're going to have Andre Nicotina come back and perform. We'll have a couple other can, bands. Can, can, can we set up a little late night and talky uh, booth? Like a little table <laughs> off the sideline? Don't put me on the spot. You think I'm going to say no? Hell no, you're going to say yeah, no. Hell no. Wait. Say, uh, you got to say no. You know what I meant. Yeah. So, are, are you, what else are you doing now? Um, I got a few things. I got a couple, uh, I got a couple of real estate uh, projects um, down in Central America. Nice. That I work on on the side. And then I'm doing a bit of work with my family. My dad's getting older. And um, obviously, like, he's not going to be around forever. Yeah. So I'm kind of learning the back end of that with my brother. Um, what, and then what is uh, your dad's business? business? Uh, real estate. Sick. Yeah. So they've been doing it a long time. Yeah. 50, around years. Newport area? No, or? no, no. Out of state. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, out of state. Um, Actually, a lot of it's more uh, in Texas, which is cool with the wave pool. <laughs> um, and then I'm also doing this thing with uh, Mason Ho, where we're going to have, like, come surf uh, at the BSR at Waco for the full day with Mason. Wow. And then you're going to pay, obviously, to come play with Mace. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, that, that, I think that's going to probably turn into to us doing that more often with that's the right. like Jack Robinson and some of the other guys in the yeah. movie. But um, I know so, that, can we ask who's going to be in your movie? Or yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it's kind of public at this point. It's, uh, it's a lot of the guys from Snap Three, but uh, with this one, we're bringing in a few new guys. But um, Mason Ho, Jack Robinson, Seth Moniz, Clay Marzo, uh, Josh Moniz, uh, Ian Crane, Parker Coffin. Um, the guy that I think is going to throw everyone off that's going to be new in this one that I've already seen stuff for and I'm, I'm definitely warning people to watch out for is Benji Brand. Yeah. He's not taking this lightly as far as like, I don't think he's doing this for the 40 grand. He doesn't have a sponsor at the moment and his kid is definitely 
the gnarliest goofy foot barrel rider on the planet. Yeah. Without a doubt. He, he flared fucking, up a couple times. He rips. I mean, he won the Padenka, and he's gotten second at the pipe trials two years in a row. You don't do that by accident. Yeah, you right. Um, Charger, but yet puts nuts. himself in yeah, the, in he, the pit. He's And then... Um, uh, let's see, there's there's other guys. So there's I think there's gonna be a total of, of fifteen guys. That's sick. Um, and uh, Zeke Lau's in it, and uh, yeah, it's, it's hard off the bat to make sure who yeah. who, got, who we did it. But uh, I, I just know between like guys like Benji who are gonna catch people off guard to Mason, who I, Mason I think is definitely one of the most entertaining. So entertaining. In the world. And the stuff he's, he's fun putting, to watch. He's so stuff, awesome. He's, the stuff he's putting aside right now, I can tell you, it's all X-Factor stuff. It's different than what a lot of guys are going after because he knows the target's on his back. He had the last part of snap three. Yeah. So, I, you know, Mason would definitely be considered a fan favorite. Then you got Jack Robinson. Dude. He's I mean, a beast, too. I mean, and just how fun it is to watch him serve. I think yeah. he's the closest thing we see to someone like uh, Andy. You know, his form is, is just insane. It's, it's finally awesome to see him make the world tour. Yeah. That way, because, you know, we haven't seen enough of him, right? Like, no. we've no. always heard and saw glimpses of him, and then he would disappear. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think he had stuff going on behind closed doors, um, you know, to where I think it made it rough, and it was definitely hindering yeah. his, his path and his profession. And I think he's gotten to an age where he's grown up and he's kind of cleared the path and he's surrounded by really good people. He's got an awesome girlfriend. Uh, Volcom's in his corner now. And um, it's like all systems go. Yeah. I think he's surrounded by a lot of positive and it showed last year. Yeah. Um, no one, I think, has put on such a clutch performance as far as, okay, you need to win or get second at, at six-star prime at sunset in order to qualify. You can make every <laughs> round. And dude, not only did he do it, but no one's ever performed at sunset like that. Like the numbers don't lie as far as his heat totals. Yeah. It was through the roof. He didn't win. He smoked everybody. He dominated. Yeah, like dominated. Poncho said, he Poncho Sullivan says, never had they seen anyone put on that dominant of a performance at sunset, yet alone the highest heat total ever at that event. Yeah. You know? And then you got Clay Marzo. Clay's sitting on a hard drive stuff right now, too. Like, you know, watch all out. On one, all in one place. Watch, watch out watch out for his stuff. And then Seth Moniz is like a ninja, dude. He, kid's crazy. You saw, I guess, saw what Ian Crane put out this last year with, yeah. with the beachhead. Yeah. You know, all these guys have the potential. Because, dude, you remember when Taylor Steele did Intersection? Yeah. It was like Matt Miola. Um, he wasn't like a he wasn't a favorite going into that. I yeah. mean, he was competing against Joel and Mick and you know all these guys. Yeah. And um, and then Albie Lair won the other year. Yeah. And Albie Lair definitely wasn't a huge name at that time. For no. sure. You know, so you just never know. And like I said, I think these progressive. Guys, Those yeah. guys are on the forefront of pushing the limits to what you can do. And it's like, dude, you have a shit song. <laughs> You could have the best footage, dude. You might, you're gonna probably lose still. You yeah. Need to have, you need to tick all the boxes. You need to have a sick song. Music's super important. Yeah, it's vital. Who's so gonna you, pick the song? The, the they get to pick the songs. Oh boy. And we'll and and I'll be going over it with them. I, my only request is like no mumble rap. Yeah. You, you know. Because <laughs> to me, I feel like the platform for snap movies has always just been based off of good surfing to good music, and that's it. No filter, no flowers, no waterfalls. 
Oh shit! If anything, maybe a, a like couple a buds, a couple TNAs. Cu- yeah, a couple TNAs and some comical stuff from Simon, the Salmon Boy. Yeah. Um, you know, because I know he's out to secure the bag too. Like Simon's been surfing really good lately, and he wants to win that 40k. So that's uh, a joke because he's never touched a surfboard <laughs> in his life. That's the whole spinoff on, on the whole Salmon Boy thing is he's traveled with us forever. Guys yeah. never ridden a wave one time but he knows the lingo he knows all the boys so that's like the whole spin-off is yeah pull up to the spot and he goes in it the, the mick fanning's like quiver from the stab in the dark and he drops all the boards yeah <laughs> who is this Sat, Simon, rex this, yeah. this 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 uh last year we were in australia and then mick did a post and said hey if you're buying my mick fanning rip curl store go by and trust test out my boards i'm sitting here with simon <laughs> And the boards are right in the background. His shop's right next to the restaurant. And I said, Simon, we're going to go film something right over here. And, like, it was never planned for him to drop all the mixed boards. But... The, Picks him up, and he's all, like, calling out, like, yeah. And, I, and, like, I, I, and, and like, he's turning and, like, banging others. I basically feed him the lines. Like, say, hey, the concave sucks on this board, you know? And then he's like, hey, the concave sucks. This board's slower than a turtle. And then he's like, speaking of turtles, he's like, Mick gets all this credit for punching out a shark. I choked out a turtle at Point Rico, you know? Like, he just goes on and on. I mean, did we just film something up at the WSL? And he had the world title trophy in his lap. <laughs> and he's just calling out Jack. He's calling out, he's like, a Mason Ho, uh, more like Mason Who. <laughs> you know? He's a funny guy. Oh, he's he's nice. got a great podcast. The guy's comical. His and podcast is pretty good. You bring too. him on these surf trips and it changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. He brings out a side to these guys. He's trying like, to surf though, right? No, no, he's never touched <laughs> a board in his life. Shut up. Know? He doesn't surf at I all. Mean, aside from dropping Nick Fanning's boards, like, no, no, he doesn't surf. That's the whole thing. And so, Simon and Salmon. So like someone called him Salmon and said and then someone like, Oh salmon boy, that's <laughs> you know, he goes through the water like a salmon dude and rips. You know? And so like when we pull up to spots he'll be like, dude, I surfed this way back in seventy two you know, or we're there at Penang and it's pumping Penang big, you know, and then he's like, Oh fuck that, I'm gonna wait till the swell fills in. <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up doing something after Snap where it's more based on Simon and Salmon and stuff in the, in the works and, yeah. and whatnot. But oh, I mean, that's what I think. Content. I think we that's need more we, surfing and more humor. Yeah. We definitely need more humor. Yeah. It, it's dry right now. You know, yeah. but yeah. Simon, Simon brings that element to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. With how serious like surfing has like, become and how like coaches, mainstream and coaches, it's like you got to dummy it down and have this kind of like, whether it's, John Freeman or Jamie O'Brien or, or you know, yeah. Salmon Boy or Cook of the Day, you know, like all this shit that's just like, See, I mean, so good to have. And that's why even with the movie, it's like, everyone's like, oh, what cameras is it on? Like, to be honest, I'm kind of on that lost trip of like, dude, I don't care if it's a handy cam. As long as there's good surfing, the clip's getting used. Obviously, I want the quality to be good, but we're not slow-mo and shit. This yeah. is fast-paced, like back to momentum stuff, yeah. you know? We're not slow-mo, so it's not about how many frames per second. Yeah. This is about, dude, we just want raw surfing to good music. Right. You know? So, uh, that's why... I, I can't wait to see this movie. So, yeah, I think, you know, the whole point of making these movies is back to getting people psyched to go surf. And that's it. That's it. And if they can have a lap or two along the way, yeah. then, like, then it's a win, you know? So, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the whole rap one. I'm, yeah, so, there definitely needs... 
to be more like let's fill up the theater and do a tour up and down the coast and like you know around events or not around events and just get that like killer like old school vibe so you know like in movies like right now they're like like movies will open up with a beautiful drone clip fly over to set the scenery you know like we opened snap three up with a moped accident off an iphone <laughs> you know, it's like Kobe Everton and, and Batek crashed on a on a moped, you know. And, Perfect. And it was on an iPhone, but we didn't even we didn't care because you know that, that's kind of the beauty of the whole snap thing. It's like kind of back to the lost shit. You know, yeah. all that stuff a lost. Yeah. No one thinks so about. Funny. No one thinks about. Oh, what camera were they filming on? Yeah. No. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, what we care about is seeing good surfing and and, and laughing and having yeah. a good time. Yeah, that's it. No, so we want to bring it back to that. I can't wait. Um, sure. Some of the stuff that we talk about, like, what's your thoughts on wave pools? Obviously, you've been to Waco. Waco. Yeah, yeah, I went four times. It's, uh, it's it's awesome. Nice. And I think you know, like, what's going on in Palm Springs? I'm yeah. friends with those guys out there. I'm super excited about the Palm Springs Surf Club. Me too. Um, I think what what went on in Waco, let's say, is a 2016 or 17 version, right? With yeah. The, with the technology, I think what Shane Magnuson and those guys are doing out in Waco is going to be 2020 version. Yeah. So I would expect bigger, 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 more, longer, better. Yeah. And not to mention, it's no offense against Waco, but like Palm Springs is in a shithole as far as like, dude, Palm Springs is a nice really nice town yeah. they have the golf courses they have the hotels they have the best restaurants they have everything the weather's incredible yeah. nine months out of the year yep I would expect- I mean every time I go there I like am content until I think about not surfing but it's paradise when you're there yeah right you're like the only thing the only thing Palm Springs is missing yes yeah, is, is waves because <laughs> because the wives and the kids they just want to be able to have drinks and be in the water yeah. So if we could incorporate that, why dads go surf, and they're right, right there, win win. Yep. And then like, look, you got Kalani Rob, you got Shane Magnuson, and Shane has all the experience with the wave pools, and then no one can question. You know, Kalani's just a vet. You guys been in the game forever. And then um, uh, you got JMO coming out from New York. You got. You, they have a really good team. Yeah. And I would just. I've, I've when high, is it supposed to open? I have right? high expectations. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's gonna safe bet is 2021. I okay. can't say that, but that's my guess. Yeah. Of what's going on? But uh, I, I can't wait for that wave pool to open. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I I tell I tell everybody, I go, Waco is so incredibly, the way the the wave is and the opportunity and stuff, but I'm like it needs to be bigger and longer. You know, like that was the only thing I took away. I'm like, the only thing that could get better is if this wave was longer and the wave was bigger and more powerful. In Waco. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was hands yeah. down insane. Have you surfed Kelly's wave? I haven't surfed Kelly's wave, and uh, I hope I get to. There's talks of us premiering Snap 4 during the Freshwater Pro. Damn. Um, at the CT. So there's some good stuff. So in there. you're inviting us. So, is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, that, <laughs> Wait, don't you already work for that guy? And yeah. So, so if uh, if that pans out, because like, there's some cool stuff. We've been talking a lot with the WSL, and they seem like they're they're real stoked to, to team up on, on stuff yeah. and, um, and get behind the movie. And well, so they 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 need more you know more content, and and they have the platform. So if they partner yeah. up with 
Vans or Stab or you and all and do all these little sub sub. Yeah, they, I mean they, they you know they they're pretty transparent. They said they got the platform and they got the money. So yeah, yeah, per- perfect. Cause no, yeah, no money, no honey. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll see see what happens. I haven't served Kelly's wave pool yet, um, and it looks insane. I the only thing I've heard is that it's just there's a long wait before the next wave. It's three minutes, three so and a half minutes, I think. It's kind of a long time, which I love about Waco is like, dude, there's three to four ways back to back, and you're watching all your buddies behind you or in front of you, and mm-hmm. you get surfed out pretty quick. Yeah. So I heard they're going to make some improvements and yeah. stuff, but yeah. And I'm sure, too, like I said, that's what's exciting about Palm Springs is like Shane helped develop what went on in Waco. Yeah. He's created this before, so I'm just expecting for him to create something better. By far better. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's going to be exciting. You know, you do something once, it's cool. But you do something a, a second time, I think you're going to end up probably doing it even better. Yeah. yeah. And technology just... So you're saying Snap 4 is going to be the best fucking movie ever. Well, I can tell you, that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm gunning for. I mean, At least one part. The $40,000 part is going to be the best <laughs> yeah. part ever. I mean, I've definitely got my blinders on as far as... Uh, right now, like, that trip that we scored out of the Caribbean and the new wave and stuff, like, to me, like, that's done. Those are in the hard drive and, and they're on ice. But it's just like all systems go. There's a shitload of work to do. And when the movie's done, I always say, oh, this is my last movie. Because I try to approach every day like it's the fourth quarter. And I just want to capitalize. And then once it's done and that movie premieres, I can't go back. Yeah. I can't change waves out. I can't say, oh, I wish I would have done this. Yeah. I just know if you stay up you know, a few hours extra and you wake up a few hours extra and you add that up. Let's just say you put in three extra hours a day. You know, and you do it seven days a week. That's 21 extra hours a week. That's not going to hurt or hinder your chances of putting out what the could best, be yeah. your best of, of, you know, project that you've ever done. Yeah. And that's not like trying to fulfill it to your full potential. So I, I'm 100% into like trying to do overtime right now. Sick. Because I feel like when you put in overtime is when you see the results. Yeah. That's it. Hard work always pays off. Have you no, done any foiling yet? No, I'm still learning how to ride a thruster. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you and Punker Pat would be like Aquaman night buddies or something. Now you're in the water. That's pretty the time. damn good at that, right? Oh, who, Punker? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're on different programs. A- Aquaman, Aquanut, Aquanut. No, no, he's good at it. I, I seen him down at Riverhead. He's doing it before. I think he actually lost his lost his board. Like it went down the river mouth or something. He couldn't find it. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh. No, I'm not. I'm not a POV hover. I, I haven't even tried a, a, a twin fin. Like I said, I'm still trying to like. I'm still trying to learn the thruster, <laughs> and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. You know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not one of those guys. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's exciting year for surfing with with the, the Olympics coming up. What's yeah. your thoughts on that? Uh, I think, you know, you hear all this bickering and stuff about the Olympics and stuff, but it's like, dude, what's it going to hurt? Yeah. Realistically, you know, like, uh, I, I just think, and same thing with wave pools. Like, has it hurt anyone? Has it hindered surfing? I've gotten hurt there. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I, our buddy Brophy. Oh, yeah. It took him out nine months, dude. He had soldier surgery. He was at, out of the water. At Kelly's pool, right? At Kelly's pool, yeah. 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 But he dislocated his he, shoulder. He's, he's just moondogging out, like doing the Cheater 5 McGavin, like trying to, I think he's trying to go on the Herbie Fletcher vibe. And, um, dude, I think, I think he pulled in backside on what I'm guessing is like a single fin mid length or log. 
which is just a complete those things un- yeah, no, yeah. no no dude. Yeah. You know, especially like, on a way that gets that hollowed out you know and um so so yeah i mean back to, to that stuff the olympics weight pools and all that stuff it's like dude, if it brings stoke and happiness to surfers uh, you know and, and more opportunity for people inland to get in the water like dude yeah. more power to it you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. this is the direction it's going to go anyways yeah. i just I, I just hate it when when there's haters out there about it just because they're you know it's not it's not authentic it's not whatever it's like that's just the future, man. I mean, it, it, there's going to be changes. There's yeah. going to be, you know, might, might as well just embrace it and see how it turns out before you, like... Variety is the spice of life. 100%. Whoa. Yeah. And, dude, I went to Staff High. Sickest event I've ever been to. The vibe, the whole deal was mental. And they're expanding. Now they're going to Melbourne yep. and stuff. And it's like, dude, that's what we need. And I think we're, we're lucky for people like Stab as far as, like, the electric acid test and all this stuff that they're Pretty doing. Pretty sick. Yeah. yeah dude, like, Stab in the dark. Stab that in the dark. I mean, insane. Ashton and those guys, you know. Genius. Mikey C, uh, Sam McIntosh, those guys are killing it. Yeah. Killing it. I feel like them alone are, I want to say resurrecting, but in a sense, they are. Because, yeah. look, there's not a lot of people making independent surf films right yeah. now. And... At least with Stab, they're the only ones doing stuff differently. They're using their platform to put out killer exclusive content. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking money. And they're and they're open for you know all kinds of different content. You know, it's not like you know full cookie cutter. Like it's just freaking all over the map, which yeah. is refreshing. And I mean, you know it. And we talk about it all the time. Like surfing isn't like there's not one type of surfer. There's not one kind of you know look. You got. You got the jocks, you got the tour guys, you got the free surfers, you got the, the guys that... What about like the twin, this whole twin fin movement? It's huge. Because yeah. I mean, look, at, I helped manage Joshua Pacey, and it's like, dude, the, that guy's stock right now is higher than it's ever been. He's getting, you know... He's, he is such... I, I Before you came over, I was watching Snapped. Yeah. And the... Fuck, it was the first one. One? One. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. And it was... Uh, I think the intro for for Asher Pacey and I was like, and I've always thought he was a ripper, butter. But then when you go back and you go, wait, that was like how many years ago? Like in 18, 19 years ago. That yeah, was. he was fucking like. That's what I mean, like, dude, guys like that, and, and like this is, a, it's. It, I'm not saying he's Tom Current, but I'm saying he's got that factor of. Dude, he's everyone enjoys watching him. Butter, yeah. I mean, even the algorithm yeah. on social media and Instagram pick it up. Yeah. You look at his numbers, they just don't lie, dude. Yeah. He's yeah. got a fucking gnarly fan base. People yeah. enjoy watching that dude surf, and I don't care. You put him on a thruster, you put him on a quad, or you put him on a twin. Yeah. He's gonna entertain you. He's just got the flow. Definitely. You know? That's why I, like I'm I'm super stoked to see him uh, back on Ruka and like with the brand, because for a while the guy was doing this. Kind of on his own. Yeah. yeah. Fuck is, you know, when he was on Ruka, we didn't really have the resources, let no. alone like Australia has even like, yeah, was, was even a blimp on the map yet yeah. as far as like really embracing and supporting. And he was on guys. a thruster. He was still like, you know, yeah. he was just like the tail end. He was not doing QSs anymore, but he hadn't like found that niche. I feel like, dude, he's definitely should take a lot of credit for this big twin fin push. Yeah, and I know it, for a fact. Dude, sorry to sidetrack right here. Well, it's not sidetrack, but interrupt. My Grom just asked me this morning. He's like, Dad, I want to get a twin fin. <laughs> no joke. On the way to the beach this morning. I'm like, oh, you do? All right, let's maybe see if we can find one. You know, yeah. like, sure. Well, I, I have one in the garage. 
Well, that's not. It's his size. <laughs> I got yeah. one of my we got a bunch. Tashers, I just have never ridden it. Uh, but uh, I mean, dude. But that's. I know. But that. But he follows all these. You know, yeah. all these guys, and he see. You know, they 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 watch surfing, and yeah. they see. You know, people talking about it, and you know, they're. Yeah. I mean, dude, and you do the the numbers. Like I know because uh, I help him with the business side of things as far as like his boards when he was riding for DHD. They were doing bigger volume than Mick Fanning's. Wow. Yeah. And it was, you know, I think it was a big hit for him to leave, but he had this opportunity over at Album, because Album's, Album's more focused on those type of boards. Yeah. Album don't really do thrusters. Right. You know, they're doing the ASIMs and the Twins, so it was a perfect fit for Asher, and they wanted to compensate Asher and make sure he was taken care of to kind of be the face of their new brand. Yeah. So it was a perfect fit. That's cool. Um, but, dude, those things sell like crazy. Yeah. You know? So. It's good to see that there's so much diversity in in surfing, not only like of style, but of like equipment and just like different ways to approach the yeah, wave yeah. and different. When, yeah. When we were groms, right, you, you had a surfer, right, a skateboarder, and then you a snowboarder, right. Like yeah. there's like three different kinds of surfers, and then over the years you have like your jock surfer, your freaking. Hipster. Hipster, yeah, your granola. You got the longboard. I mean, dude, because even the longboard now, like, dude, longboarding, longboarding is, like, it's yeah. pretty popular thing. I mean, let's go back to, like, back in the original rookie days. I remember when Pat was like, yeah, we're going to sponsor Alex Nose. And I was like, you're going to sponsor it? Like, dude, and Alex and I are friends. We surfed yesterday. Yeah. Dude, kids, the guy's gnarly. He's super talented. Super but I was talented. like... Pat, you want to sponsor a longboarder? Like, dude, like, you know, I'm being totally honest, putting myself on blast. Yeah. That's how narrow-minded I was at the time. Yeah. You know? But Pat's like, no, this kid that's gnarly and this and that. Yeah. Dude, you look at now, like, Alex is, like, one of the most popular surfers in the world, dude. For sure. Yeah. And I don't want to blow him up, like, legendary status, but he, he, like, Mickey Dora. Oh yeah, no. you know a style master. I think you know you got kind of recluse. You got Joel Tudors and you got Alex Nose. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a big draw. If you longboard, you know who those guys. You are. You know Alex Nose. Yeah, just yeah. like you know who Joel Tudors. If yeah. you shortboard, you know Slater. You know Mick. If yeah. you twin fin, you know Asher Pacey. But just as you know, straight creative like dude with shaping your own boards. He obviously you know is a musician. He skateboards insane. Like he yeah. rides his own equipment a lot, and he rides funky boards which one of us could even turn and like even know what to do on yeah. and he makes it look freaking you know, insane you know the coolest part too is like i said i surf every day no matter how shitty it is and on you, some dude. of the worst days ever there'll be one other guy out on the water multiple occasions and it's alex <laughs> so it's pretty rad because i think once you get to a point where you're getting paid well and you're a success story i think People lose their drive just to yeah. go out and surf just to get wet. Alex definitely like no, he's loves surfing, dude. He's yeah. he's definitely the real deal as far as like I don't think he's out. He's definitely out on these shitty days. There's no one filming. There's no one shooting, and the guy's still putting but in the time because it. he loves it. Yeah, you know that's awesome. So that's pretty rad. Do you play fantasy surfer? I don't. I wish I did. Cause sometimes I got some inside scoops on on who's hurt, <laughs> or who's been partying, or well, we have a really good one. It's called. Fantasy kooks, our our league. Yeah, it's we we don't oh, run it, but we're 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 in. There's a there's a few good ones around here that all the all the boys do. It's there's fun. like thirty six of us, right? Yeah, 
It's oh, a two hundred dollar wow. buy-in. It's not a good odds in my favor. It's definitely competitive. You know, it's back in the day, it would have been way better because you'd be like, "Oh, this guy's on a bender, dude." Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's not, that's changed now, dude. All these guys are so gnarly. They're so gnarly. They're so I think this next year, the tour with Jack being on, Seth Griffin. It's gonna be exciting. Uh, a lot of new young blood. Ewing. Like, I feel like this is the best roster we've had since in a while. the days where it was like. Andy, Mick, Joel, Dingo, Wardo, Bruce, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just, dude, it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and actually, too, we got Crosby, Colapinto in the, in the, in Snap 4. He's Sick. like kind of the young gun. Nice. Yeah, we're pretty excited about having him in there, because, fuck, the kid has been ripping. I bet, if he's yeah. anything like his big bro, man, she's... He's bigger. He is taller. He's, bigger. he's like, bigger he's, and yeah, taller, yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's just... He's, he's more got, like his dad's size. I think, I think he's got like little brother syndrome, you know, where it's yeah. like Seth Moniz. Like, I just feel like the little brother sometimes just is it picks well, like up on things. Bruce and Andy. Yeah, just, yeah. just all that stuff. It's like you see it happen so, so much. So, yeah, I'm excited. But I, the tour this year, I think, is going to be firing as far as like yeah. the talent. Starts yeah. pretty soon, right? Next you know, month. And then you still got Philippe, and then you got Italo, and then you got John, and you got Matina, and, and you then got, you got, and you got, young you got Jordy, and you got, you got Julian, Jordan. and I you mean, got... Dude, yeah. This is hands down... You got violent. Slater still, too, bro. And you got Slater. Thank God, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Like, it's so insane. cool. I mean, dude, he's... The guy is definitely not human. He's got to be an alien. Dude. The yeah. guy's just... The, the, if you serious. go back and watch some of those on-demand heats... He's serious, and, he, and you're like, yeah, he's surfing as good, if not better, than he was. No. And every, I was like, but, and that's, I mean, that was the funny thing about Snap One and Two. We we're like, oh, yep, and he just dethroned this guy. He's over. You know what I mean? And dude, it was like the opposite. It All fired I did him up. Was revved his engine and fired him back, and he came back swinging. Yeah. And like, and then like, what went on to win multiple more world titles? Yeah. yeah. Like six more. That's before. Or something. It was before, like, we had no clue what was to come. Like, you yeah. thought, thought it was like, okay, game over, time to retire. 30, oh, yeah, you get time to retire. It's yeah, like, right. Yeah. You know? I mean, how many generations? We'll never have... see that again. Never. There's no way. There's why, no why way. Why would anyone? I mean, even look at Mick. He's, he's, he's getting married. He's having a kid. He won three titles. He's good. Did he, yeah. He's I mean, done you... well. well. There's no point. But Kelly, I think, is just, like, abnormal when it comes to. Kelly won a title at 19 years old. He's win, won a triple crown at, what, 46? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think just the way he takes care of himself physically and mentally and whatnot, yeah. and then his competitive drive, he put it together. And I don't know how anyone could deny that that guy is not one of the greatest athletes of all. Period. Period. Hands down. Period. No one has dominated, what, two and a half decades of serving. He, like, well, greets guys on the tour. <laughs> And then, and he's then, still on, and then he got later. And then he helps him throw a retirement party. You know, like the guy's like, "Welcome on, all right, it's time for you to go on to the next." You know, it's it's insane. Oh wait, oh you're 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 gonna be the next best decade guy. All I right, mean, come on, bring it. I mean, it up. I know, like talking to Jack. Yeah. Because I'm pretty close with Jack, and, and I know, like that's who Jack wants to to surf with. It's like yeah. if Jack gets to surf with Kelly, then. You know, it's a bucket list. Yeah, he's he's won his first world title before half of these guys were born on tour. Oh, Pretty, that's crazy. heavy. By Nineteen, land. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. by a, by a landslide, like it's it's crazy. But dude, and for the fans, for us to get to watch a Jack Robinson heat against Kelly Slater, I'm excited. Who doesn't? Want I don't know to who to pick on that one. Who doesn't want to see that? I mean, I think it depends on where it's at. Yeah. You know, 
If it's, Ed, if it's Ed, I mean, you know. G-Land, Slater's won that a handful of times. I think they Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I'll tell you this. If it's at the box, good luck to anybody on yeah. tour. Yeah. You know, because like, like that slab we, we just were down in the Caribbean. You, you bring Jackie Boy down there, and it, he's in a matrix when it, when it comes to like these Sick. slabs yeah. and barrel riding. And he's just, he grew it's, up. It's just next level. You yeah. Know? And too, it's not only. He makes it, it look easy. It's his style. Yeah. In, in these barrels, you yeah, know, it's, it's insane. great, it's insane, dude. So, yeah, exciting times for sure. I love it. So, anything else you want to promote? Yeah. Or? Um, anything going on? Snap four. <laughs> snap four uh, August U.S. Open. Snap four August August 8th, 8th. U.S. Open Saturday night OC Observatory all ages. It's eight eight right eight eight twenty. Uh, yep, it is eight eight twenty. That's special. It's got a good number to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy eight. Yeah, we're we're all locked in, and Sick. um, yeah, that's it. And if you want to come surf the wave pool with Mason Ho for the day, uh, DM me. And uh, we only got. Are you gonna promote that? Yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah, on the yeah, website yeah, or something? Yeah, it, it'll, it'll, it should be on the internet. Maybe by the time this podcast hit, okay. um, Mason's on his way back from Fernando from the QS in Brazil and for filming for the movie. And uh, he went and like, there's all these ways with huge backwashes and stuff, and he's. <laughs> That's that's the shit I guess yeah. he just loves, you know. Anything with dry rocks or Dude. backwash. I'll show you this photo when we're done. Of, of I can't spot. believe and this. This rock is three feet out of the water, and he's no trying to air further, it over. He's no further than one foot away from it, and and I'm, I I wrote to him. I said, "Dude, is that a rock in front of you?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> but you know, another thing too is Mason has been sidelined by those rocks before. That's yeah. not on social media. Yeah, but I can assure you, he's like, taken a beating. Yeah. He has definitely been on the injured reserve yeah. multiple times from some of these sessions that you watch online. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, I think surfing with him at the wave pool will be. I think it'll be a, a pretty rad experience. I just for love him. his approach and vibe. He he yeah. is up walking the Aloha, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Just so so uh, if, if you got the money, then, then come surf with us in Waco for the day because I think it's going to be a pretty exciting thing. You end up on his YouTube page. And, Sweet. Uh, yeah. It should be good. But uh, yeah, other than that, I get, this is plenty of promotion. It's time for me to get the job done and yeah. yeah. try to make this the best surf movie possible. Well, we're excited, man. We're yeah. stoked that you uh, sat down Chucky. with us and, and told us your story. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, Dude. yeah, we're stoked on you know sharing some of the story. You know, obviously all those stories, but those deep stories that you know struggles and where you're at now. It's, we're super yeah super it's inspiring yeah, yeah you know? thanks I appreciate it. yeah and if anyone out there is ever struggling with that you know always feel free to DM me too I'm happy to to, to uh, help try to use you know my my experiences or downfalls to help prevent someone from going down that path or from helping them get on track to, to getting things yeah perfect alright Logan Chucky Julian yeah perfect thanks for hanging out with Late Night with Chalky thank you Thank you guys. We Pleasure. can't wait till 8820. 8820. Snap 4. I'm going to watch it before Snap that. Snap 4, secure the bag. 40K on the line. Who's going to win? Secure the bag. Yeah. Secure the bag. Yeah. Good right. Thanks, Thanks, bud. Right, Peace. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.